weird that you have to type in the channel. So does it seem like GR Alistair, like it's all on the right path? It's getting salvaged? Uh, it seems that way. Like, you know, a big part of, I think, what caused uh, the guy who originally did him, uh, Yaw Weasel, to quit was um, like they were, you know, Discord's pushing these slash commands and he was like, fuck, I don't want to do more coding just for Discord <laughs> bullshit. So he got yeah. some people on, they've implemented slash commands. They just did like the thing, remember, uh, well, no, it was White Rock. Yeah, it wasn't, you weren't in my set. My Wednesday session, they did a reboot right in the middle of. But I went and bitched at them. Yeah, Ty, you were there. And uh, they 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 left GARC running and did him the next day. So that was nice. So they're responsive. Um, but uh, like they're, they're supposed to be like if they drop unexpectedly, they're supposed to try and rejoin now, which was one of the code things that they I haven't seen it yet, but I'm curious. Oh, nice. That's, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, here we are on a Friday night. Our uh, social plans cool. in front of us. <laughs> yes, this is what we got, go got going on an exciting Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> I may I may have lots of free time if my if I get fired next week. We'll see. Nice. Oh, is, that the, is that the plan? You working on that? Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> well, I just told my boss to fuck off, basically, in so many words. So. Yeah, you've done that before, though. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like I crossed a line. Mm. <laughs> he that works, he uh, that works for, nowadays. for the for all our listeners he called me uh an hour and a half ago two hours ago or he didn't call me he was he was chatting with me it's like oh can i call you i'm like no and i walked away like can't help you <laughs> i'm not on call i've been on call in the last couple of weeks my life has sucked and I am not responsible for you not being able to tell other managers. No. Mm. Yeah. That's a, I don't blame you. Like setting that tone is tricky, but necessary. People want to yes. abuse the shit out of you being on call. And even when well, you're not, and, on and call. not even on call, like the fact yeah. that, yeah, like, you know, I will work on weekends if I think it's appropriate, but this doesn't feel appropriate to me. And you know what? I'm the one you got to convince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. That gives us more time with you, Duck. Exactly. That I was prioritizing you guys first. Yeah. That's right. And then well, if I yeah. lose my job, even more time. Like I can just, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll kick the Patreon up, uh, you know, in, you know, 50 cents, 50 cents a month, and you'll get all the Duck you can handle. <laughs> and and even does Patreon on... have a 50 cent level? Because I don't, I'm feeling like they don't. Feeling like that's soon. an art move, an art move. It's like trying to. <laughs> Price it to a level. Well, we'll just approximate it as zero. So yeah, everybody gets Patreon for free. <laughs> but you were going to do the racing tonight. Well, I chose you guys. I double chose you guys. Nice. Sweet. That's yeah. sweet. Well, let's I'm talk gonna, role playing I, games. I, I don't want to like. I'm the champ, right? I feel like I've got to like let the other guys have a chance. I mean, you're in demand. I feel like I'm a little, I'd be a little intimidating for like the test race, like the champ walks in. Mm. I mean, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's the champ. Yeah. I feel like I'm channeling Samer here a little bit. So I thought it was going to be an ego stroke. You just go and dominate and <laughs> come away with him. Yeah, I still got it. Yeah, maybe. I'm still the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll oh, see. Shit. Uh, so let's talk role playing games. 
it's been a while. I don't. I can't honestly. I can't tell from the notes or even my own memory when the last time we did this. But it's been uh, a while. Months. It's been a least. while. Yeah. Uh, I'm six thinking months? summertime. Yeah, six months. Dang. Sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. But this Somebody... is. Sorry. No, this is the uh, alcoholic adventure cabal. It is. And I'll be right we've back. got got our guys playing role playing games uh, in our guild, our gaming guild, and we've got an offshoot of that that focuses on role playing games. And every once in a while, we get together and bullshit about role playing games, which is what we're doing tonight. And August twenty sixth. August twenty sixth. That's the last one. Yeah. Wow. Is, this, is this number? This will be number nineteen. <laughs> okay. Nice. Actually, you know what? Fuck! I didn't need to do the way I just did it. I could have just looked at my, you know, on my hard drive. Fuck. Anyway, never mind. Because you've got the recordings. Because I think I did the. Rec- I there have been a couple. I think you ran. But usually I have the recordings, even if... Yeah, normally you do it, yeah. yeah. Our notes are behind. I can't find any notes from episodes. I, don't, I mean, we don't do, 18. like... Yeah, we don't do that. We just kind of, like, use the notes to generate topics. But I don't think we, yeah. like, mark off what we do. That would, yeah. that, that feels like work. <laughs> In my notes, it's we've been on episode 14 for a couple Perfect. of years now. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but tonight we've got uh, four guys, including me. Uh, this is Ty. I guess I'm in charge tonight. I don't know. Run the show organizer. <laughs> you are. For some reason, I volunteered in a weak moment, but, uh, yeah, we got, I believe it was something along the lines of we should do a round table. And I'm like, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm dizzy or something, Yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, Ty here tonight, uh, from, uh, Chicago suburbs. Uh, out west, we've got Duck. Howdy. Joining us. Uh, out towards the east coast, facing what? What is it going to be? One to four feet of snow? Art? <laughs> yeah, Whether you live storm. in Maryland or Boston, but yeah. Where do you located northeast? Uh, New Jersey. I live in New Jersey. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And you're in Florida, right, Kill? I'm in North Carolina. Okay. Why did I think Florida? I don't know. Rex is the, yeah. I think the only east, other southeaster, but that's not C Rex, but not for oh. RPGs. Yeah. Oh no, C Rex RPGs. No, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's even been on uh, the GM roundtable, right? He has, I think. Yeah, where he, you yeah. know, his his brazen confidence in his GMing abilities was on full display. <laughs> Gerps will do that to you. Like <laughs> <true. laughs> yeah. And, and the the funny thing was, he was he had the Gerps rules like. Nailed. He did yeah. a great job. Yeah, no, yeah what happened? What happened with that? Yeah, what I happened just... to those fuckers running GURPS <laughs> games that like drop them? Those fuckers. Those people should be like castrated. <laughs> I actually GURPS... have been thinking. I've been thinking about the white event recently. I nice. love the white event. Yeah, you I never know. like. I it's felt just, like it says hiatus in my my list here. So you yeah, know, I have hiatus down too. But you know, when, hiatus <laughs> has got to end, baby. Yeah. That Gerps is the rule set that wears like stiletto heels and makes you wear a dog collar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Gerps. But it, it but <laughs> I, I, like I want to, exp- I want to yes and you here. I want to say it's the, <laughs> the stiletto heels, fishnet stockings, but like, but the the skin's kind of like sagging through the fishnet stockings a little bit, right? It's, <laughs> you know, she she's seen better days, uh, but you know, like when she when she takes a drag on that cigarette and yanks on the the collar. <laughs> You're like, 
yes, mistress, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and it, at my age, I'll take whatever I can get. So that's right. I mean, yeah. Can we really be that picky? I don't know. Yeah. No. No. And so uh, I guess yeah, it's, no. the last uh, charming voice you heard was Caleb, who yep, is uh, new to uh, the podcast here. Welcome. Um, yeah, welcome, Caleb. You've been, Salty you've been Wendingo. Salty poking Wendingo. around the uh, the Discord for a while now, and yeah. you're actually running some stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yes. So welcome. Welcome. Sweet. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know if this was a thing still. That was my thing. I was like, oh, this is still a thing. I'm like, because I knew you it's very, it. It's very sporadic. It, it yeah. requires someone saying, oh, we should do this. And then, yeah, and then it happens. So yeah. now you're one of those people that can like be drunk and say, hey, we should do this. I think the, the minimum canonical number is three people to have a, to have a round table. Have we done it with three before? Uh, maybe a couple times. Like four seems like a better, you know, general yeah. rule. Yeah. 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 So Ty, how drunk were you this morning when you called for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think this might have been an isolation haze that I was in. Oh, uh, are are you still? Are you still? Uh, no, I th- like this is kind of like the the end of that. Uh, but my kids have a speech tournament in gymnastics tomorrow, and they keep keep asking. Those are mom, two events. Yeah, those are different. Okay. I was gonna say <laughs> um, because I'm already, my mind is already working on how this looks. One is doing one and one is doing the other. Okay. And they keep asking mom, is is dad still contagious? It's like <laughs> mom's like, I don't think so. I'm like, are you sure? We're not sure. And so and you're like, stay away. Yeah, yeah. Try not to ruin their weekend, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty much done. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Here's and... the important question. Have you started mm-hmm. watching Crash Landing into you? No, oh, you no, haven't. Show. Yeah. Oh my god. I was, but You're I watched the Expanse. I, the Expanse was the other one. Whatever. Uh, See, that's whatever. good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, no, you're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate Expanse. it. But just the fact that, like, you would even like search for it would have been, would have given me uh, would have gotten me excited. Crash but, uh, Landing onto you. Into you. Into you. By Dave just, Matthews Band. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Oh, it's probably head. not in your regular search. Uh, you know, it's probably not something Netflix is going to uh, suggest for you. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, on, it's crash funny. landing on you. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Oh, on you. It is on you. It yeah. is on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, because you said <laughs> this is great. A paragliding mishap drops a South Korean heiress in North Korea and into the life of, life of an army officer who decides he will help her hide. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. There's so much. There's so much to parse here, and not the least of which that it's 16 hour and 15 minute long episodes of Mm -hmm. you know like, yeah, so slow. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe maybe the next uh, next uh, podcast. The next time you get COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I understand. You're just a tease. You you'll you'll tell me what I want to hear when I have your character's fate in my hands. That's what I got. Well, what happened last night? You brought up car car wars, and five seconds later, I'm online looking for copies. Yeah. Well, car wars is an easier sell. I know that. Yeah. That shit sells itself. (laughs) It does. It does. Somewhere, someone said car wars, and someone jumped on eBay immediately. Yep. Oh God. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's not even like the only Discord Car Wars got mentioned for me this week. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, <not> really? <laughs> where else? 
Uh, I have a, like a local game group, and one of them was talking about has Car Wars. Was talking about it. And I was the new like, one, or um... no? This was the uh, original two. Nice. Like with those folks, it's like I told them like I play Hexen County games, and they don't know anything about those games except for Car Wars. I mm. see. As far as like that kind of stuff, they're like, oh, you play more games like Car Wars. I was like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Car Wars is yeah. it, it's its own unique thing. It but it's legitimate got war game. Yeah. It, it's almost a miniatures game, really, the way the rules are written. Well, it's yeah. like those games have that format, right? It's like the thing where like the weight is at least three out of five mm-hmm. on right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Car Wars has got a little weight to it. Yeah, for uh yeah. Oh god, I can't believe I'm gonna ask this, but it's an RPG podcast. So Duck, have you ever done the GURPS Car Wars RPG? Oh, that's right. Uh, I have I've never song, RPGs yeah. in a car world, car wars universe. I've, mm. I've kind of messed with the, you can have like driver stats in car wars. Mm-hmm. It right. gives you, yeah. um, better, uh, handling class. Um, and we've messed oh, around right. with yeah, like yeah. some sort of persistent driver thing, but never like the full, you know, translating a GURPS character into a car yeah. wars. There was I mean, a that, GURPS, GURPS champions or uh, car wars champions too. Exactly. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I have oh, yeah. it all. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yep. Good Did anybody ever mess with like the what was was it Mech Warrior? What was the BattleTech one? Was that crap? Wasn't there a, a BattleTech RPG that went along and, and it's sort of the similar thing? There was. There is a uh, Mech Warrior RPG games one. I've used Traveler for BattleTech before. Mm, oh, interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like as long as you don't as long as you pull like the uh, powered by apocalypse thing where you're like not trying to do like a mega war game with battle right 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 you can just well if you're if you have a battle come up you would just play battle tech right i mean yeah wouldn't that be the point right so you've got a system for resolving battles if you want to use it but if you want yeah that's what they did with uh renegade legion right right they Mm -hmm. came out with a crappy rpg but anytime a space battle came up okay interceptor Ground battle for nine hours. Well, that was the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I had a friend that was like, "Is it prefect? Is that?" He was like, "We're gonna play prefect, yeah. and what we're gonna do?" I don't know where he. I, I guess he assumed we're all gonna live to be eight hundred years old. He's like, mm-hmm. "Every time we do a battle, what we're gonna do is we're not gonna use the rules. <laughs> we're gonna bust out interceptor or right. uh, yeah. centurion, uh-huh. and then we'll Genius. apply those results to the." And I'm like, "That sounds great, but <laughs> God Almighty, that does not seem feasible." Well, when my son was twelve. In the, he's it, like he was off school for the summer. He's like, Dad, Dad, we should Dad. play Space Empires 4X and resolve each battle in Talon. Nice. And I'm like, no. It's like I love where your your head is, son, but your daddy's still working this summer. It, it never <laughs> works. Right. <yeah>. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great, but it never works. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, yeah, at that age, I think maybe a touch older. The beginning of summer meant like we're gonna pay play 275 million hours of twilight 2000 and then you know you play like 10 and at the end of the summer you're like god damn it right (laughs) now and to be fair uh the the dream that hollywood and i have for the world one thing yep is bloody april (laughs) Uh then down to knights of the air and then (laughs) some rpg system where the you between sessions you know your pilots like out chasing skirts and then you know that would be crazy did you guys ever play uh Oh geez, what's the Russian lady pilot game? Russian lady pilot game. Mm, I'm listening. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Night witches. Night witches. Night witches. I've heard of oh, it. No. It's PBTA. Um, 
it's, oh, okay. it's yeah. got a strong um uh lesbian uh kind of motif right not that that like that's actually a selling point for me but um right it's like you just you're playing the uh like female bomber regiment from world war ii a russian right. female right. bomber regiment in world war ii is yeah. all the characters and it's just yeah. like nice pvta has got a very movie. strong lbgtq whatever oh, all yeah. those letters are yeah I have, which is great I, just, I, I, I like that but have you seen um over the oh, under oh, hollow oh, hills mm, sounds familiar it's like the new one that's almost done, which they keep, they keep uh, those folks keep their updates, which is nice where you just basically RP like it's a, it's truly a one shot game. Cause you just role play being a fairy circus. Um, <laughs> I did a session of it and it was oh, honestly pretty it's fun. Vincent Baker. Yeah. The, yeah, but it's the so OG, insane. the PBTA OG. Cause they like deep cut the folklore stuff. Like they have so many, just like references to like all this folklore and fairy lore. And it's awesome. Wow. The first playbook is the Boondoggle Hob. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's pretty good. Ooh, wow. <laughs> is it can I buy this yet? Or are you saying it's not done yet? Oh, play how many of the playbooks? He's got a lot of content just for free that you can just look through. Buy the PDFs. Pre-order the book and print. Nice. I think I wrote a character sheet in Roll 20 for it. Just gonna find nice. where I put that thing. Well, that didn't do any good. Well, this looks good. Good call. Yeah, it, it was a not of crap for me because I like old fairy stuff. So yeah, are you doing the free league Vassin Mythic Britain and Ireland thing? I didn't pull a trigger on it because mm. I was like, it'll be it's free league, so it'll be there. Oh yeah, if I want to yeah, yeah. pull a trigger on it, and because I only ever like these days, it's like I'm only going to pull a trigger if this thing like might just disappear off the face of the earth, mm-hmm. which is a weird thought process. But it's like for some books, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd got that way it still existed. Well, I just happened to I had my I got my Vassin book there like right behind me, and then I I make a little I'm, sometimes I'll make little topic piles, and I put my Hellbore Guide to Occult Britain in that pile. So nice. I'm very excited. I wish I had, I I still need to order that book. Like I saw it. I don't like, know. Ooh. Like they had like a pre order, and now it's gone. I was going to say I couldn't find it when I was looking at yeah. different places. <laughs> See, so, so you get if you, I mean, I can tell you this, but you know, you, you've got to be prepared for like lots of, uh, like they're actually opening invites to the uh, the old exalted funeral server, uh, which <laughs> is where I learn about all this shit and then buy it. So <laughs> nice, it's good and it's bad. The yeah, the black hole that is Twitter is usually where I get my information for this stuff. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys tweet too, but yeah, the exalted there's a there's a shelfies and mail channel in the exalted. Half of my Twitter feed is Duck just backed XYZ. That's That's the other way I find out something. I'm just like, (laughs) that's That's where I put it. Delver 4. Oh, Duck. Oh, yeah. Look, that's out. I didn't realize that's up. Um, (laughs) Although I got to say, the nice thing, I I know you guys, some of you guys didn't jump on the the Vassin or Vasin or however you say it. The nice thing about the Freely Kickstarters is that because it's in Swedish Krona, I have no idea how much it costs or how much the ads are. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're just like, I actually out. Googled, like, because I was deciding whether I wanted to get the cloth map. It's still, it's like uh, 10 kroners a, a buck. Oh, it God, was, you're going to tell me. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I have so much of the, uh, what's that other Norwegian game? The Trudvang. Mm-hmm. Trudvang Chronicles? I didn't know I that was Norwegian. Wow. Wherever Riot Mines is located, but I have all of it. It's just like, and it's that exact thing where like the currency wasn't in the US dollars or English pounds. So I was just like, surf's up. No idea what this means. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. I was thrown like Doug was saying, I 
cloth map? Yeah, GM screen, of course. <laughs> I'm not some kind of animal. Nope. Don't mind like, if I, I do. That number is not real money. You just make sure I just make sure I get my Capital One credit card out, and then like, ching, that's ching. right. I'm sure the exchange rate's working in my favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What's in your wallet, motherfucker? <laughs> Triple points on communist currency. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Man. Well, how about if we we start off with uh, Caleb and his his backstory? Yeah, was, uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Art, Art, Art not agreeing to something means he's joking. It's just like yeah, it's, yeah, he's going straight for humor. No, Art's got to um, kind of uh, play it off like, hey, you know, whatever you guys want to do. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like. We have to do it, but if you guys want to do it, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And if there's room, maybe I can step in. But if not room, oh. if there's no room, then I'll step right. away. Well, My, in the uh, happy hour, Paul was reminding me of when like he listened to you work for like five or six hours after our day's fault session and you left your YouTube session on. And I'm oh, like incredible. I'm like, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that's not me, because you know, there might have been some points in the day where you would like had to turn that off. What did I do? <laughs> did I just you, you just worked. You just you left your YouTube channel, your live, your YouTube live. Oh, running. I was testing it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, nice. and Paul just just sat there like while he was working and kept it open, <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> I had no idea I did that. That's funny. That's yeah. um that makes think of something Tara was talking with another friend about via Twitter because like Twitter now will just like any shit that you might look at or see that fucking thing will just like show to other people now. Yeah. <laughs> And we, we were having a conversation just like, what do you think the number of scrolls on your profile is before someone gets like shared the fact that you look anime titties? Like number of tweets before anime titties show up. <laughs> oh. Three? Yeah, Three sounds like, about right. Like, what's the ratio? It's like very quick. quick I mean, I'm more quick. of a thigh guy. Just saying. <laughs> for anime for sure. Thick thighs yeah. save lives. That's what I'm saying. Anime oh, Ty, you'll be surprised to know that my nickname in high school is Yes Bitch. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. You're the uh, best, Art. No, but thank you. <laughs> in your own, in your own particular idiom, you are the best. I, I will, I will double down on that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, Caleb, tell us, uh, tell us your backstory on uh, RPGs. How'd you get into them? How long you been into them? Did you take a break? All that kind of cool stuff. Uh, sure. I don't think I've really taken a... Uh, there was a little time where I didn't really get to play many of them in college, I guess. But I probably started playing them when I was like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And I would have gotten... What happened was... It wasn't Dungeons and Dragons because I got Dungeons and Dragons for my grandma, like the three set for um, and this is where you guys all be like, oh no, it's like three dot five. Oh my god! And oh, so young, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like thinking, like, I'm, I'm gonna say this and be like, oh look at the baby. <laughs> I'm aware of like because my cousin had a copy of like that he'd bought at a flea market of um Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, so I saw that, but we never played it. It was just like sit there, mm-hmm. and I bought the three dot five, or my grandma did, and my freaking youth pastor, I guess, heard about it. And before I even read the damn thing, like a week later, my mom threw them all away because it's of the devil. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Not to jump in, even though I'm doing that forcefully. 
So <laughs> I don't want to, but I will. That's not, not to do exactly what I'm doing, but yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's that was my experience with Dungeons and Dragons, but mm-hmm. I was of the age of like the, you know, the Aquarius sewer tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Tom Hanks. Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah. Yep. So like there was still like tunnels a and, what was it? Tunnels and trolls. trolls? No. no, that's a that's a game. Yeah. Best but, correlation, because I think about that all the time too, because I say stuff like that and like, but you're like only this old. I grew up in West Virginia, and my joke about that is like whatever the current time is that you're living in, subtract <laughs> ten. So currently it's 2022 for the rest of us. In West Virginia, it is 2012. Mazes and monsters. Mazes and Mazes. monsters. Yeah. So they were still having that kind of devil scare even with 3.5. Oh yeah. I think in right. West Virginia, sure. Like among like oh. there are still communities that feel like I mean, people. I, think, I mean, I got, I mean, I've got right here, the book of fiends, right? Which for, mm-hmm. for fifth edition. So they've really lost a lot. Of, I think they're like arguing power design wise with D and D from third edition to fourth edition. Cause fourth edition's art direction, I think changed the tone completely for those games. Mm. Cause like, if you look at some old, yeah. I look at the three out five, like, I'm like, yeah, just people reading ridiculous, but you look at some of the art and stuff and you're like, I can see where my mom would see some of this stuff and be like, but the funny thing was, instead of playing third edition D and D, I was also playing Warhammer Fantasy Battles, mm-hmm. and I got a copy of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Second Edition, nice. and never had that thrown away. Even though there's literally a book called like, oh, it's the Chaos book. There's like the Book of Chaos, just chock full of demons. Like one of those demons is literally a sex hermaphrodite monster. But we're fighting the demons, mom. Yeah, well, she didn't even know. Like that was the thing. Is like because it's like throw away these D and D books. But I own Diablo two on my PC and play. It's <laughs> just like they can't stop it all. Yeah, that's right. If the youth pastor doesn't know what it is, it's fine. Right. <laughs> that's well. That's how you know I and got exposed was born. to uh, Middle Earth role playing because it wasn't D and D. The one that like came out for the movies. No, no, no. Murph, Murph. from the 80s. Murph is eighties. It's uh, it was okay. Iron Crown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which is they ba- they were based in Charlottesville. Yeah. That's crazy. And so my mom lives. was almost like go with my blessing because she loved Tolkien, she loved Middle Earth. So she's like, Oh, that one yeah. can't Tol- be bad. Tolkien was a good Christian. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings was like because my mom loves gave me all the Lord of the Rings books and like turned me into that monster with those. So those were in the clear. What's funny now, nice. she's like, I wish I'd never thrown it. She's like, I feel bad about throwing those away for you initially, because like all that stuff did was make you more literate than most people I know from our hometown. Yeah, like, yeah, the skills you're going to pick up in D&D is like, there's a, there's this math, and then there's this imagination shit. Right. Yeah, who needs that? No, we don't. Like, D&D is the last thing that made me do trig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, but, so I played a lot of Warhammer fantasy role playing in high school and a little bit in college. Then fourth ed came out. We played a little bit of fourth ed in college. Mm -hmm. Then we didn't touch anything. When I started working, I dabbled with a bunch of various RPGs and I probably got real back into it when, Oh, what came out? Blades in the dark came out and played that with my friends. And then I picked up, Burning Wheel. No, be- Burning mm. Wheel before Blades of Dark. Those are the two b- other big ones I played a lot of. Mm. And the thing I played the most now is Pendragon, which I played in insane amount of Pendragon since past like five years. Nice. So for the listeners, 
you know, we've chatted about this a little bit on Discord, but uh, why Pendragon? I saw, so it's Burning Wheel that did it. I was playing Burning Wheel and like my big, I guess, I don't know what you call it, like design crush, like RPG designer crush is Luke Crane. I really like Luke Crane, hearing the podcast. I also like his policy to not be online I, as much as possible. <laughs> I thought Pendragon was uh, not Luke Crane. It's not, but he got on a YouTube Let's Play and played as a uh, character in it. And I, I was like, oh, I, I've, so you got to see Luke Crane roleplay, which I was like, I've never seen this dude actually play. Because Pendragon is the Glorantha guy, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's Greg Stafford's. Greg yeah, Stafford. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I got to play. I saw him play it, and I was like, "This game looks incredible." I Sword in the Stone from Disney's like one of my favorite animated movies, and Excalibur is one of my favorite live action movies. Like I love King Arthur and all that nonsense, and that's what got me hooked. And it's very good at being just for that. Like if you want to do role play, being a bunch of knights doing knightly stuff, <laughs> it's the perfect system. If you want to do anything else, play a different game. <laughs> But we love it. So cool. And when you say nightly, do you literally mean like royal court shenanigans, or is it more like out in the countryside slaying ye old dragon? So you can do all, you get to do all the like the stuff that you would do in that sense. The, what makes it so weird, I guess, or so focused, is that t- you have these thirteen stats that are literally built off the thirteen values of a Christian man. I believe is what they are. And you put points into those and they kind of control what your character is allowed to do. And then the rest of it's just the BRP stuff. It's just it uses a D20 engine instead. Like, that's the thing I didn't know is I thought basic roleplay was D20 there for a little bit until I saw Call of Cthulhu. And was like, oh, this is actually D100. But they all have like these relationships to each other. My only gripe with Pendragon right now is I kind of wish the combat was a little bit more involved with it. Okay. It's very abstract. It's the most abstract of their combat systems. Like Call of Cthulhu has more combat detail than Pendragon does. Interesting. But yeah, like they're, the funniest thing in oh go ahead. I'm sorry. They're in the midst of redoing it or because I forget like I what Chaos Team's doing with it right now. Like there's it's available, but they're redoing it or something, right? They're sixth edition, sure. which was like a bunch of chicken scratch Greg was working on before he passed away a couple years ago, was in progress. Mm-hmm. They, I think, given the reins to David Larkins, who I listened to his Let's Play, where he did the entire great Pendragon campaign, which is probably what that game is most famous for now, is Mm. that there is a campaign supplement where you play from Uther being a sleazeball with your grain all the way to King Arthur handing Percival the sword and saying, throw it back into the lake as the rest of the ladies of the lake sail off with him into the ocean. As he's dying at the end, you play that entire thing because that's the other thing that's cool about Pendragon is like it is RuneQuest. Like, if you played RuneQuest Brutal, like you can die so fast. So, but you can also marry, and like there's a childbirth winter phase role where you roll for children and you're like, have kids because I will die and I need someone to replace my character. Yeah, (laughs) right. Our favorite thing right now, our favorite thing in the game that we joke about right now is like whose squires make it the longest. Because <laughs> one of the guys is just like he's on like squire number four already. <laughs> it's just like, is he gonna make it? Because we said we had this graveyard. It's, it's, in Roll Twenty, there's a folder just called Squire Graveyard, where we just have like a mound of corpses from all these poor lads who haven't made it to the age of twenty-one. <laughs> all right, I just pre-ordered Under Hollow Hills, you fucker. It's it's so <laughs> fun. It's super fun. It is. Tr- it's the first game where I would say truly a one shot. 
Okay. Which is nice. I know who to blame. That's true. My my wife. Hey, wife. All right. So Warhammer Fantasy and Pendragon in in high school and to college, right? So you said. And Burning Wheel. And burning wheel. burning wheel. Although we focused on Pendragon. I don't even know. I, Pen- I, I, I mean, I think wheel? you'd get a. Uh, I think you'd get people for a Pendragon game in the guild. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, I've got one. Like I'm cooking up because there's another supplement for Pendragon called Paladin, where instead of King Arthur, it's Charlemagne in France. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, people. I, from listening to like some people in here, I was like, they were probably like Paladin. Mm-hmm. As this podcast only Arthur, I think that's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know who you think you're going to get to play, you motherfucker. But uh, I am excited for Sixth Edition because there are a couple things with Pendragon that are very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And all the blog posts for Sixth Ed have been like, "We understand that these are bad, and we're trying to fix them." Nice, nice. So, so if I could spin something, I have to confess, one of those games I've always been curious about is Burning Wheel, only because I literally know nothing about it. I own the books upstairs. I've never read it. Am I right for being fascinated by the idea of it, or is it actually, eh, it's fine? I for me to get dramatic. It is probably the most influential role-playing system I have ever played. What was that word? Influential? Influential. Like, it changed okay. my... On you, on you personally? Okay. On me personally. It changed my perspective on game design, hmm. how to role-play games, how to be a and player And that's Luke Crane, right? Yeah. It's yeah. everything. Like, it flipped the script for me, like, on how I viewed any of that stuff. It's also a very good system. It is. Uh, it's like heavy and not heavy at the same time. It's problem. If it's got one is that it's too pretty. No, I'm kidding. Oh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. Um, I mean, I have the like player book on my bedstand from the Kickstarter. Like I pulled it out of a little slipcase and I like started reading it. But, you know, I have a, I have a stack of 10 books on my book stand. So, right. And it's super weird because, like, most of that book is just how to build characters. Like, it's just mm-hmm. those life path and skill sections. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. core rules are pretty, I'm not going to say straightforward, but they're not heavy, per se. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess the best way to explain it is, like, a lot of RPGs now, when I see stuff in them, I'm like, oh, these guys own a copy of Burning Wheel. Like, the tour books, those guys, and I know this because I talk to them about it, they... I, some of this tour design is based on ideas from Burning Wheel. And when you some say of, tour, you mean the One Ring? Yeah. Versus, because uh, there's a tour, T-O-R-R, like uh, post-apocalyptic bullshit. Oh, right. Thing. Isn't that yeah. Torg oh, yeah. with a G? Torg. Oh, you're right. It's Torg. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. What's the other one that's like? Blaze in the Dark, steal stuff from Burning Wheel. Um, okay. Is it, and is it, here. are they stealing like mechanics? Like, is it, is it the thing? You know, is it kind of like where you have these mechanics that are kind of pushing players and like where you're you have to make tough decisions about resources and stuff? That's the impression I get from Burning Wheel. Yeah, it's tough decisions about resources, tough decisions about your character and how your character levels up because Mm. there's no experience and stuff. Like the Mm -hmm. best example I give for something in Burning Wheel that's crazy is when they were playtesting gold. Luke said his one friend wanted to increase his fortitude stat. Mm hmm. And what he realized he had to do for that was like he was getting attacked by a guy with a spear. And he's like, what do you do? He's like, I just take it to the chest. Got to toughen up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like because it because like you just survived a spear wound. You used to check your fortitude. <laughs> like, wow. And it does yeah. stuff like that where it's like. It's a game that kind of trains you to want to be mean to your character, but not get them killed. And you want to make them do like. 
more interesting decisions and the beliefs the beliefs and instincts stuff in it is so good i really would love to run it for people I've, yeah i've looked at those those do look cool i like that yeah, yeah. i need to spend also, a little time with that yeah getting it's just like getting people wired to play it is like tricky because right of all that stuff yeah now, this is dumb but you did run torchbearer for people in the guild and that's adjacent right yeah, that Torchbearer session was really lean. I'm trying to think about how to do that again because I want to do more Torchbearer because my number one problem right now is like, what is a good dungeon crawling system that I will like? Mm-hmm. Which I'm mad that I'm not in. I was like, I didn't jump into Ty's Pharaoh game because I'm curious about old school essentials, but I assume it's basically like AD&D. It is. Yeah. If you're, if you like the things you like in Burning Wheel, you will not find in OSE. Yeah. It's it's bare bones and it's yeah, it's very it kind of the system kind of gets out of the way of, you know, I mean, it's very deadly, um, but I, I think a lot of for a lot of us, it's a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, yeah, but right. it also oh, yeah. like I think we were experienced <laughs> enough that we can play it and like have fun with it. And like the death, you know, like if you play it right, you know, people are going to die, you know, much like my character in Jason's game. Um which wasn't my fault. I was trying to avenge Art's character who died. Um, you know, I appreciate but, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Art's is... fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is just a point of order. This is the first time Rex was wrong. We'll go into more later. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the addendum. That's the addendum for this roundtable. Okay. So now, now Torchbearer is coming back to me because I, I forget how it came up maybe a month or month and a half ago. And maybe it was because you were going to run it, Caleb, but. It was. I was something that was very encumbrance detailed, right? Like there was an entire. Like yeah, it was, it have, was equipment and encumbrance to the max in right. terms of detail, he, right? Okay. He, he did this thing called, like, I think the phrase he uses is called the grind, where he just wants you to, like, I forgot if he said this or not. He's like, players, if you do your dungeon design right in Torchbearer, and he's like, and all dungeons should be like this, is was his other mm-hmm. statement is like, they have to leave and come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. you need your players. He's like, I want dungeons to be where players are like, we can't do this right now. We have to go or we'll die. And sometimes he's like, mm-hmm. what's really awesome is when they're like, now we can do this room. And then like one of them dies. They're just like, well, and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We like, get that in a lot of uh, ducks, white rock, right? We just kind of run out of <laughs> gas. Like we're out of hit points. We're out of spells. We're out of right. whatever and, else. And I'm trying to like, keep you honest with like encumbrance and stuff but dcc mm-hmm. does not lend itself to that like yeah i have to kind of like and i don't want to like i don't i kind of like forbidden lands for that kind of stuff like torches okay. and food and water because it it gives you that like it puts that tension in the system without a lot of record keeping right yeah so uh, but yeah that's, that's what i'm hoping torchbearer will lend itself to in the record keeping side because the way it like handles the penalties for these things is leaner mm. in some ways. And I know that and what you're on with just saying torches is there's a whole like page or two. This will sound either awesome or unappealing when <laughs> well, it's called torch bearers, right? It's just on light. Like if, how dark is it? Because the darker it is, the shittier things get. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes we uh, like, I think in white rock is just a, like an example, like, you know, we kind of like people, I, sometimes I asked, you know, who's carrying a torch and stuff and, you know, but I give people like, I don't, I mean, that's kind of a light, you know, we're kind of fucking around. So like, you know, the guy will be like, yeah, I put the torch on my shield and then I attack. I'm like, okay, 
Um, but yeah, yeah it's true. No, having it, the main thing. Yeah, having it built into the system, I it definitely I get the appeal. I get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I probably burning wheels. What's got my brain there is switching from like the D and D side because like Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay is the reason I like it. Is I love that universe. The mechanics are probably the reason I still like stuff like RuneQuest, Call of Cthulhu, like D100 systems. I'm always going to be like, that's where my nostalgia kicks in, where I'm like, I love these crazy percentile systems. Like horror, and I'm just like, cool, this is great. Like, <laughs> I get to be a rat catcher. I'm here for this sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. Duck I'm, counterpoint I'm... to D100? Yeah, well, I mean, I've said it before. I don't know what it is. Like... I mean, I played Ty's fucking Call of Cthulhu game for 60-odd sessions, right? And had a great mm-hmm. time. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, D100, like, oh, And I, like, I love the idea of a D100. It makes a lot of sense. But, like, I feel like people, like, oh, it, you, like, it, what's, yeah, there's not much different. Like, if you have a D100 system and everything is an increment of five, you might as well just roll a fucking D20. So. Yeah, um, no, so. To actually, I can argue both sides. Like I'm bipolar with this stuff too. The nice. new Rune Quest, after playing it for a session, I'm just like, this should use Pendragon's D20 system. People mm-hmm. would actually be able to grok all the runes if it was based on D20s and not D100. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, and I get like people get percentages and stuff, and and I understand that. I, you know, I, I I've tried to like analyze like why does D100 leave me cold? And I think, like, if you look at like Rune Quest. It's doing things that I like and even call it Cthulhu. And a lot of them are like, I, but the, like when it's, when it's linear, but then all the, like, it's just like, I feel like uniform distributions are boring, right? Which is where you'd roll a D 100. Your chance of getting a 14 is the same as your chance of getting an 85. That's, you know, it's a flat distribution. Of course, then, you know, the thing that they do to get around that is then we're like, okay, you know, and, you know, and all these BRP systems, well, look, is it half the year of success or is it one fifth? And you get this level of success. And, and then there's the shit they do where like, if the two numbers are double, it's critical. And I don't know, I, but just something about like, and then, you know, GURPS has this dumbass. we're rolling 3d6, but that's not a flat distribution, bitches. It's a, it's, it's, it's a titty. It sticks up. <laughs> well, let me, as somebody who is balls deep into art degrees and soft sciences, mm-hmm. Does it matter? Because like, say like you take the D six system from a free league and you roll 87 dice and the chance of getting a six is say 91%. Does it matter if that's how you arrive at a 91% or you just call no, it 91 No, I don't think it does. But, and so my, that's why I say my aversion to the D 100 system is, uh, just the feel of it. It's somehow. emotional. It's an emotional thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think on a rational level, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But, right. you know, so but, I guess I, so. But here's the thing, like the one thing, the one place where it does matter, like suppose you have um, suppose you have a plus one modifier. So in, in, mm-hmm. maybe you translate that to D100 and it's like a plus five modifier. Right. So like plus one, but a plus one in GURPS will change a lot depending on how your skill is, because the, the distribution is not uniform. Right. So whether that's what you know, whether they designed that into the system or not. But like when you're in the middle of that distribution, you know, plus one is going to change your chances by quite a bit. When you're in the end of the distribution, it's not going to do as much. 
Um, anyway, that's it's right. just. But I guess to the sort of twofold, and then it's sort of just baking that ninety-one percent into a different way. But you still end up with a, a percentage, sort of out of a hundred, if you do the yeah. math right. Real real world effects are bell curves, and that's kind mm-hmm. of like in my head. That's where I think where the emotional bias come from. Like, right, you know. Very rarely are things a flat distribution, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you have to do a lot of work if you want to try and make a D one hundred system nonlinear. So, like, why not just roll a you know a bunch of dice and like use a binomial distribution instead of a flat distribution? But you know that's and so I'm completely nerding out. But you know, there you go. You asked. Yeah. So I think you know if ninety one percent equals ninety one percent equals ninety one percent, system may not matter. Thoughts? <laughs> Okay, point two, where Rex is wrong. Yeah, uh, so that actually... I can do a counter-argument. Well, actually, that's the thing. So, Caleb, that's a question I think every GM on the GM roundtable has to address. Do you think system matters? 110%. Okay. I think... Why? So, to go kind of with, like, with Duck's, like, the D100 thing, it's not that, like, the math or whatever... The different systems, depending on what they're playing for, affect how players behave with the game. And not just like, oh, we're tired of this, this sucks. It's the best example I give is Pendragon. Pendragon's critical system is you crit if the number on the D20 is equal to your current stat and that ability. I have no idea what that does for the math. But I do know from running like four campaigns of this things that like it's not just like a nat 20 roll because you don't get that like weird satisfaction. But there's this weird thing with it where it's just like, it's super satisfying just to see the same value of your stats. The players get it. Your number. Yeah. yeah. So just a number hits. And I was like, mm. if it was done a different way, I don't think you'd have that same response. I, so, I, yeah. I thought you were going to go a different direction with that argument. I actually, here's, a, here's, a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you there, Art, because I, I will stand up for Rex that system does matter because like take DCC, right? If I was, or White Rock, if I was running White Rock in Forbidden Lands, uh, people would be more worried about food and torches and we would have to like, okay, where are you getting food from motherfuckers? But they don't worry. Like I tell them, you know, I've just kind of hand wave. It says, okay, you're carrying enough food for, you know, a week worth. And then I track how much time they're down underground for in forbidden lands, you know, they'd be resting, they'd be rolling for food. And like one guy would fucking run out of food. And then we'd be like, all right, well, you know, are you going to eat that orc you just killed? You know, I mean, meat is back on the menu, but are you going to eat the orc? And so it does, I think this, the mechanics, like Caleb was kind of going there and then he went with the dice thing, but I think more from just (laughs) and so without those there, like that's your knights could do dumb stuff. And or another great example is uh, the new tour rules. I don't know how first session was with this, but the shadow system. Mm-hmm. It's literally the only time where you cannot resist taking shadow points is if you do something for lack of a better word. that's just shitty that a token character wouldn't do because none of the token characters are bad operators in that way. In the in the stories, right. and if a player does that, and it literally says like, if a player does this, you, and it's like even if they think about doing it, like, you dock them with shadow points. Yeah, yeah. 
Like if they do like just being in, any sort of yeah, nasty. That's in all they, the uh, the ring. I mean, that's an aim also. Oh, cool. Yeah, because it's just, yeah, yeah. that's like. I mean, they just encouraged. bolted it on the five E, but it works. The shadow, the shadow points thing is is nice. It's one of the things I like about all those systems. Yeah, it's really helps them out because that's the thing. It's like when you get character like a halfling, like I'm gonna be nasty and steal. It's like those are not Tolkien halflings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I the the key thing people like hear system matters and think, oh, I, if I play the wrong system, I'm not gonna have a fun time. I'm like. That is absolutely, and Rex will tell you that is not what he's saying. That's not what any of us are saying. All we're saying is you're going to have a different experience. Like, you get the right guys together, you can have fun playing Car Wars, and you can have fun playing A Time for Trumpets. But those two experiences are going to be very fucking different, right? And fun each in their own particular way, which is like running the same module in two different systems, very different RPG systems. That's what it's going to be like. Like, you know, if we PBTA, if we Dungeon Worlded White Rock, you know, there'd be a lot more yeah, <laughs> romancing, although there is kind of a lot of romancing, too much romancing, if you ask me. But You give yeah. players one flirt ability, they will use yeah. it every time they get. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like Duck and Day's Vault. <laughs> exactly. That's what came to my mind, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Sexy you went times. all yeah. in. Yeah. I used it on my, my other character, my uh, fellow uh, PCs. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to do what I'm going to do? Flutter, flutter, flutter. Seduction. <laughs> Seduction, bitch. Uh, so good yeah no that's and that's i mean that's really the point and and you know it's just like other other sayings where the word is blank matters saying system matters doesn't mean that like characters don't matter it doesn't mean that setting doesn't matter it just not means the that only thing that matters it's not the only thing that matters it is yeah. just you can't say system doesn't matter that's that's the point of the phrase system matters and it is true System I also, God, that felt good. No. And I also say that it, it's I also say that it's not the most important thing either. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it depends on the situation. Yeah. I, and well, you know, I maybe or maybe Rex was happy with me until now. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> in some cases, like in the examples I gave, it can matter a shit ton. In other mm -hmm. cases, like you know, if you're gonna run a romance game in blue rose, you're gonna run it in fudge, you're gonna run it in PBTA, eh, maybe it doesn't matter so much. I should also say that I, I believe that system matters. Yeah, I, I think I fall under what <laughs> Ty sort of said, which is it's for me personally, it's not the most important thing. But, you know, there's a reason why uh, setting uh, the okay. setting is what sparks. So I, I don't know if this is what happens with other people, but like I'll, I'll be looking at a setting or I'll be I'll pick up an adventure for a game. Usually this is what I do. I pick up and I look at what the starting adventure is for for a game. And I'm like, OK, is this interesting? Yes. But the thing that for me, it I unconsciously look for is all of a sudden I have like, oh, the next four things that could happen after this are. And right. that for me derives from the setting. And that's why, like, yeah. when I when I get on there and I, you know, there's nothing wrong with Traveler's setting, but it, it doesn't spark that in me. Like, I would play it in a heartbeat, but I could never run it because I read the adventures and I'm like, yeah, I don't like I just don't feel anything and but i mean when to I, be fair the i mean the traveler adventures were written at the same time like i mean this is the 70s right. a lot of them right so well even the yeah. new ones like i, I was skimming mm -hmm. like the uh pirates of drenax i don't know if that's a re-release drenax it yeah. is it came out in oh, okay. the late 80s i think okay i've seen it on the shelf like the old black book things right well because 
okay, that's that's good to know because but like when I you know when I did Days Volt or when I did you know the M Space one, I just we just wrapped up some of us here. You know, with M Space, I was like, oh, the rules are very streamlined, and all of the Traveler twenty three hundred stuff in my head started popping out, and mm-hmm. so then I was like, oh, okay, and same with. Well, we can get into all that later when we're talking about what we're looking to run, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, to, to, compliment, this. to basically go with both of those, like the setting, does setting matter, does system matter? And they both do, in my opinion, is I'll go with a setting that I've got real weird feelings about right now, which is cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. Say you go with a ghost in the shell setting versus a Blade Runner setting. I don't think the same set of rules can, can do both those settings. Gerps but I think. He's done it, Alan. Checkmate. (laughs) Game set and match, motherfucker. Could he he do it well? I think is the question. Ty, you shut your mouth. That's not the question. (laughs) Oh, sorry. And and I think uh, you know if everybody had a shotgun, it would be great. So Caleb, you were saying you were saying Cyberpunk and Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear benefit from. Finish your thought there. Different systems. Yeah. Just different systems. Like the mechanics need to be different for those are both like arguably cyberpunk settings. And that's a whole nother thing that's like I get into fights with people about. It's like the definition of cyberpunk because there's such a catch all for it right now. It's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but so what is, I mean, what is going on in your head with cyberpunk? Like you said, you had weird feelings about it. It's, I've had a lot of like, it kind of goes into the psych, playing an arts um, M space game with sci fi where all of the science fiction stuff that I really liked, which I put cyberpunk as a, one of the sub trees under science fiction. I've kind of like, they've a lot of them have lost their luster. I'm kind of like sitting there just like, which of these do I actually really enjoy? Because I don't have time to enjoy all of them. And some stupid remake is diminishing my love of one constantly. So Uh, (laughs) cyberpunk 2020 or whatever the fuck it is, which one's diminishing your love. I think I like I was watching I had an altered carbon or something. Oh, and I was just like, because it's oh, like, I think I, yeah, yeah. I get, mm. I just like see content and like all the video games, all the video games do this, and it's just like, good lord, no, I know what they're looking at, like what they're referencing, but it's just like the closest people that have done it any justice as far as like reinterpreting it are some of the cyberpunk RPG designs. Hmm. And but even then, it's just like. I still don't. I have to, yes, to find something I feel like does what Ghost of the Shell would want you to do with it. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Ghost in the Shell uh, is. It, I mean, that's kind of a. You know, Gerps could do it. I'm just saying. Um, but you'd have to use you know a couple of different source books, right? You'd, but you know, it's yeah, tricky. A tough one. It's I mean, a tricky one. To kick it off in something else that gets like talked about a lot is um I've told Matt this. I don't think there's a good um Lovecraft role playing system. Like Interesting. for that for hit for the Lovecraft OG material. Call of Cthulhu is great, but Call of Cthulhu is based on August Left stuff. It's not based on Lovecraft stuff. Mm, uh-huh. So something that covers like I, think, what uh, I mean, I don't have to go that far. I mean I think I think it depends on the what you're running, right? There, I think there's plenty of Lovecraft you, oh, you specific. Can, I, you can I mean, do it. I just don't know if it captures some of the moods of some of the stories. Mm. Are, and are you? I mean, more of the ones where, like, I mean, because Call of Cthulhu is very 
20s investigator based, but a lot of the original Lovecraftian stories were like, you know, I'm, I'm in a glacier and I crawl yeah. underneath and I'm exploring the city. That's not really in Call of Cthulhu, right? That's not the main. Right. Like the best for the best one that correlates with the RPG is the Dunwich Horror. Mm, mm-hmm. Which is like, in my opinion, and yeah. then Call of Cthulhu is pretty okay at it. But the other stories, you get such a weird, like, the joke I make about Mass, like, they just need a game where your stats are being in the library, writing letters, right. and having Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing people, like, looked at those and said, you know, and this is before, like, the PBTA, and, like, right. I mean, there's an RPG for everything now, but people looked at those stories and, like, well, that would make, make RPG, a very right? interesting RPG. Yeah. Why would I do that? You know, I want to be an investigator. I want to I want to have some control over my life before I go insane and die. Um, right. So, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, and it's one of the things where I'm like, until I figure out what th- that system is, I'll keep on playing. I think I bounce back between Call of Cthulhu and Trailer Cthulhu for yeah. that stuff. So, you know, I want to and I and I'm just going to just just. send this train derailing even further but like i feel like i i got on a fate kick in the last couple months now i'm off it in the last few weeks but um i feel like fate could could like be kind of a like a generic system that's very adaptable to you know weird situations like i'm exploring an ancient city and then now i'm in the you know i'm approaching the mountains of madness um it's not as like it's not as free as I thought. It's actually pretty like there are some pretty rigid rules. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. But fate is very interesting. I um fate. I, I, I'm not done with fate. There, I I may see one day if there's anybody interested in running a fate game. Because um, I I remember when I first got into RPGs. You know, re, for Caleb, he asked. Ty asked if you had a break because all of us old guys like you know the the very traditional just like with war games right we we got into them they were big in the 70s 80s you know maybe early 90s and then you know girls and college and stuff and then and then there was a reawakening sometime in the last 10 to 15 years where we like oh there's people on the internet that still do this shit oh this is still interesting right so but you're you know you never you went straight through from I'm doing this and like, Oh, there's people on the internet that do this and I still do this. And this is fun. Um, so lucky you, but, um, yeah, it's good or bad, but, um, yeah, fate. Like I, I read fate when I first started getting back into stuff and I'm like, I bounced off some of the rules, but now I've played enough, you know, bullshit storytelling RPGs that like, Oh, I get this now. I understand what they're trying to do. And I've seen people stealing fate things enough. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, like uh, there's some uh, PBTA style games that take aspects and use those. And oh, yeah, that's pretty clever. And I saw this in this other game. That's pretty clever. And then I'm back reading Fate. Oh, they stole that from Fate. Okay. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't I, looked at Fate at all. I couldn't, I, I can't even. I can't the only thing I know about it scares the crap out of me. It, the only thing you know about it scares the crap out of you? Yeah, it and there's it in another system that I hear something about, and I'm just like, I never want to play those games. Which is causes my, that kind of. Go ahead, sorry. Oh yeah, is um, they have this something that the players can just like do something in them. Mm-hmm. And the best, I think, the reason it scares me is I hear about that, and it's just like where we're saying like the setting is important. When a my opinion was when a player gets to just do has has one ability to just do this thing. 
like that. It's basically like they get to cock a gun, point it against the settings head, and just pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, PPTA has that, right? Where the player gets to decide, like, if they get a success, the player gets to decide, you know. I mean, and some of it is, like, they get to ask questions. Um, right. I like don't know. I, I totally, I, I get where you're, you're at. And Fate definitely has that. Yeah, you know, but it's, you got to look at it as, like, this is why you don't, I the thing that the, the PPTA broke down for me, starting with Dungeon World and all the other ones, and then, fate does too is like you don't prepare when you say setting you're thinking and maybe you're not but like are you thinking here is my uh keep on the borderlands module and there's this Mm -hmm. and you know and the you know they've got to meet with the captain of the guard you know in order to get to the encounter with the castellan and you know and then you know because a follows b but the the whole way they get around this is the players have agency is that you're like no, the captain of the guards doing his captain of the guard shit. They run into him or not. All you got to think about as a GM is like, well, what's he doing? Like every once in a while you think about, I've, oh, I've got the keep and they're doing this shit. I've got the goblins over here and they're doing this shit. So by the time the players get there, they've done this shit and things are a little bit different. So the faction stuff like was an eye opener for me where like I tend to be like I get shit for it, but I um, I like low prep. Um, and so, uh, like it, it appeals to me and, and it's still, it's kind of the great, to me, it's the perfect kind of prep where you're like, you just read a little bit and then you think about it for like, while you're doing other shit and like, Oh, what's that faction doing? You don't have to like design, you know, like draw a dungeon and stuff. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, you just think about like, Oh, these guys, you know, they want this to happen and they're working toward that. And like, what's going to happen while that's game. going on? Say again, you need to play a blades game. I do. We have, we tried blade. We played around with blades for like one session, me, Rex and Jason. And I did like it. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Blades in the dark is the same kind of style as it is. King of zero prep in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, that's great. I think it's so, you know, I did the, go ahead. I was going to say, so I was, I was trying to, I like, I had this, this, just the term collaboration Mm -hmm. bounce around in my head. And so like my traditionalist OSR type, approach to gaming necessitates the type of prep that I like to do, or at least that I'm, that I'm familiar with. Right. Whereas I think what you've described with PBTA, there seems to be more player agency and there's more player say in the storytelling, right. Based on certain outcomes and dice rolls and things like that. But, but certainly they have, it seems like they would have a lot more say in outcomes. They do. do. Yeah. But then, then I'm trying to think, then I think of iron sworn, and yep. where that you know that's PBTA, just the dice it is. Different. Yeah, you're right. I guess when you think about it, yeah. And that that will train I, you to be a GM for a PBTA game, where you're like, so here's the thing with PBTA: you never prep more than one session ahead. Never, ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. You can prep that one session and think mm-hmm. about like shit that could happen. But if you get stuck, you just make your players make shit up. Yeah. Right. You're you're in it together, and the only thing you have to bring to the table as a GM is that. And I think Dave is like Dave's thing with like these kind of systems is like, well, there's no mystery. Um, but that, that to me is the one thing I think the GM keeps like, like we, so we did oddity high in, in mm-hmm. the PBTA system. And all I felt like my responsibility was to have, and the mystery is that 
you know, those one or two dark factions where the players are learning a little bit about them, have an idea of like what their end game is, what they're trying to do, whether they succeed or not. Well, I mean, that's, that's for you all to decide, but like the players don't know that's your, that's your GM. That's, that's how you make the story a mystery to the players is like, well, we're like, what the fuck's going on with, you know, the order of the, what, you know, dark cloak or whatever it is. Right. And Mm -hmm. so all you got to do is like, think about what they're trying to do. And, um, that's all you, that's all you're responsible. And then between sessions, you're just like, because if you prep for like two sessions ahead, your players will have done shit and like, Oh, well that's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, now I'm trying to unpack why I liked iron sworn so much and I didn't like PBTA. I mean, probably for other reasons, not related to the system. It's, uh, those ga- those games like the two I'm my criticality of PBTA is if it's not written by Vincent I don't really like mess with it too much because mm. I think he's got like some people like Dungeon World's great yeah because it is the most like if people to play a Dungeons and Dragons esque game without having to then get to see a grid yeah. on it and stuff I have no interest in oh you that yeah, I've, I've used had. a grid I mean you could still use a grid. Right. Oh, just, yeah. Like I, I use maps my, and all kinds of systems, right? Just to help people kind of get a sense. But then we're not counting squares, right? We're like, okay, yeah, you're kind of going to move over here. Yeah. My buddy's wife wanted to have a her and her friends get a game online, but she's mm-hmm. like, none of these folks have ever played a role playing game, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things they're not going to like about them. What should they play? And we played Dungeon World, mm-hmm. and had a bunch of elf ladies go and like. Oh, the elf ladies. Yeah, they like they loved it. It was like I was they're just like, I'm doing this because I'm a friend, but I am in so much pain right now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if but, they're having fun, that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. they loved it. And they yeah. what, because it was nice, it was kind of like the she was like, I'm too afraid to DM for them, and you've done a god of GM stuff, come and do this. And then afterwards they were good to like go out on their own. And now I think they've got like a active DD game they're playing in a fifth edition because they started nice. watching all the YouTube peoples. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I use dungeon, like you should branch out. Like the, the thing with PBTA is, uh, there are some like the, the, the formula works, right? Um, like the oddity high was probably one of the worst ones, but I had, you know, I had Matt Allen, I had Jason, I had Jesse and I had Gersh. And like, I, I mean, those guys, I told them and I was not blowing smoke up their ass. I mean, I was, but it was still being truthful. Um, like, you know, we're, we're making an anime, right? I felt like, yeah, like these guys are kind of like, I'm kind of like just coming up with shit and throwing it at them. Like they had enough character interaction. It's like, I feel like I'm just coming in to watch my anime every time we get together. And you <laughs> yeah. guys are going to tell it like, all I, all I have to do is like come up with the next shit stirring thing and like, watch how you guys react. And like, cause you know, like Jesse was a gender unknown, um, character jason was a um half uh like very supportive very attractive schoolgirl, half serial killer which is like i don't like jason you that that is your that is you to a t um it's like it's never never been more matt was matt was this jock and gersh was a cat so and like gersh's whole thing was like the anime like cat like humor thing and you know like i couldn't imagine like the pressure like, oh, I gotta be the, I gotta be the punchline, and he fucking like, 
multiple times. We were just like all on the mm-hmm. floor. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that's like those guys just brought it. And so if you've got the right group, even even if the PBTA is not tight, it works. It still yeah. works. Oh, yeah. right. well, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say earlier. Like, that's the most important thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. I agree. Between the, I agree. Between I the group and players the players matter. Players yeah. matter. Players um, matter. Probably ma- number one. The magic trick is to find the rule set that complements a setting that the players love right. and that those players know and how to they, play. Right. And, then and, that, they, like, and that resonates ah. with them. Yes. That's, yeah, that's the magic them. trick. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but you, you say play, and I totally agree players matter, but we've got this little, this little bubble of players, like, so we've got, you know, players matter, but like, okay, yeah, we've, you've got great players. All you got to do is say, Hey, I'm running this and, you know, wait for the players to show up and right, you're going to get some good ones. So like, in that sense, players don't matter. Like we've got the players, that's fine. And then, so then next up is setting matters according to art. And uh, that's true. Uh, but hey, there's a lot of great settings, and then system matters. So you know, the, you've got to pair this. It's like uh, you know, it's like you know, do you drink the white wine with the ribeye? No, you're you're a fucking horrible person if you do that. Don't do that. Although <laughs> I've been to wineries in the like where like my friend knew the winery owner I was like, hey, if people want to, you know, she drank her red wine cold. She's like. What the like? I draw. This is how I like it. Fuck, fuck everybody else. I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, if you drink white wine with red meat, you're you're a horrible person. Um, so it's that pairing. <laughs> it's the pairing between the system and the setting. Uh, given that you've got good players, that I think, and and I think Caleb nailed it too. It's like you've got to get that. Like everybody's excited about both. Well, it's the reason I didn't rejoin um arts M, M- space game because I was like. I'm excited about this kind of sci-fi. So I don't think I'm going to be a good player in this game. And it'll kind of be better if I'm like not there. I see. You did a good job in that though. I'll miss mm-hmm. you. Oh game. yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Like I, it's nice. To, like the, the thing that kills me is like, it's nice to role play in young. Mm-hmm. was like, oh, it's so hard to be freaking diplomatic shitty characters, which I was trying to do. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I was like, but with hard, I'm like, Oh, I really like the middle ages right now this stuff I want to look into. So hopefully that's fun, but it's like the space stuff. I was going to like, Ooh, so I'll just, cause I, well, know I mean, this I... brings up the other way and like the next way in which Rex is wrong, but we can table that for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, should we, can we sort of, is do we want to get back on the track here, Ty, or are we just going to keep rambling? I'm okay with rambling by the way. I love it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've, uh, do you want to cap us, bring us home, Caleb with, uh, your most recent exploits in the guild and we'll kind of wrap up your, your backstory. How did, and how did you find the guild? I guess mm, yeah, yeah. that's always a good story. Oh, geez. How did I find the guild? That's so like that was now it's like a, I was, I got pulled into wargaming in the hex encounters side, like mm-hmm. probably less than five years ago now. And due to that, I have a big podcast listener. Okay. And somehow I came up stumbled on your guys' podcast. Probably because you they were talking they had a game on their topic list that I was interested in. I, I think uh, it was Tinkaisatsu. Right. I think Dave talked about Tinkaisatsu. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember and that. I listened to them and honestly still enjoy the format, like fun listen. And then it's like we have a guild come and hop on it. 
and then I found out you guys did role playing games. And that's where, like, I first like was like, "Oh, they! Pl- I need people to play crazy systems I like to play." So yeah, because my big honestly with the war games, the only thing I've like do a lot of well now Knights of the Air, but was just being in the Here I Stand game every year for like the past two. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I start, like, yeah, no, I, I hear you. RPGs have taken up a big chunk of my brain for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. They rule. I I, it's one of those things. I'm like, is this my favorite ner- of the nerd things I like? Because I like a novel nerd. I think thing. it is. Yeah, I think for me it is. Very good. Very good. Uh, very good. Your your backstory triggered a whole roundtable of its own, pretty much, Caleb. It's that's excellent work. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nicely done. Um, well, so okay. Well, how about we we kind of breeze through playing, well, prepping, and planning, yeah. and then uh, we'll get over to VTTs. Okay. I feel it's going to be a letdown after, but you after know, I, no, I, I think well, we can bring it. I think well, we doesn't have to be as in depth. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Know, but uh, Art, Art, why don't you start us off with uh, what you're playing in, what you're prepping as a GM, and if you're planning anything else on the horizon? Yeah, uh, let me see. In tie in yours, mutant year zero game, which is picking back up this weekend. Um, in Caleb's One Ring game, which is the weekend after. Um, I, I feel bad because I think the first time I was on here, I forgot a game and I don't want to. I'm in Jason's OSE game. I'm in Ty, your Desolation OSE game. Ducks Forbidden <laughs> Lands. Uh, that might be everything I'm playing in. Running, uh, we're about to have our second session of Harn this Tuesday, which is kind of the first official session. The first one was sort of a session zero. Who's in that? Uh, it is Caleb Duck, which I think yep. Duck, you were sort of on the fence there for a second, but I'm. I was. I thought I didn't in. know how many you wanted, but yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm coming around. Caleb D100. Right, right, and it's going to be your third D100 game with me as the GM. So it must, it must well. be you, not the system, motherfucker. <laughs> right, GMs matter. It, literally everything matters, I guess, to the point. Yeah, that, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, Who's in that one? It's a uh, duck. Rex was the big, the big one. The pusher. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was very excited. It's basically everybody in my days. Uh, yeah, and uh, Blair plus Caleb. Yeah, yeah Blair's there too. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Paul, but Paul didn't show up for the session zero. So right. So Is he coming this week or what? I, I don't know. He also didn't RSVP to this session. And here's the thing: like, like I don't care if he jumps in or like it doesn't matter. I. I feel a little bad because i feel like like i don't mean like so like if you miss one osc game there's two others right yeah um so like i missed but jason was kind enough to let me jump in but like ty as soon as you put yours up i was like i want to jump into that because i i missed the earlier ones um Mm -hmm. i don't know how many people are going to run harn games and i don't know if there's somebody else out there who wanted to get in um, yeah, and I would have given up my spot if there was somebody who really wanted to get into a hard game. But right, so uh, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, um, have you guys had the topic on like game styles in that sense? Because I view oh, the OSE games versus some of the other games differently, just on some assumptions. Basically, the ones AD and D, which mm-hmm. is OSE to me is like a wood chipper game, not in a bad way, where player characters are logs, so you throw them into the wood chipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even had that. No, it ties time and just we should put this on the notes. The other idea I had for a roundtable was like, what will you what will you play in? What are your 
what do you how do you judge a system whether you're playing it whether versus whether you run it because that you know Ty, you were talking about whether you run but you're you're more than willing to slum in dcc as a player (laughs) but anyway (laughs) yeah uh yeah so yeah running hard what i said but yeah i I agree coming from (laughs) okay but good round table right like there's different because there's a different calculation you do i would never run harn right right and i would never run the setting traveler but if you know doc if you ever do the uh, yeah i mean i would like yeah you're not going to be like you know okay you're going to have dogs and lions walking around like fucking deal with it whatever right right um But yeah, Harn uh, is the Days of Old group, which is, yeah, Blair, Paul, uh, Duck, Rex, and then now uh, Caleb jumped in. Yeah, and we got to keep Blair and Paul in RPGs as much as we can. Because, you know, yeah. and I feel I think, like that's a tenuous, tenuous connection. And I think Blair, I don't know if he's excited for it, but he he's definitely on board at least. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm running is M-Space, which just wrapped our first sort of adventure. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen after that, but uh, there's enough interest to keep it going that we're just going to. And who's in that? Art? That is Duck, Jesse. Um, man, Caleb. I was just. Yeah, Caleb. But, but yeah, P Day, but. And backdoor. Yeah, but but uh, Caleb's dropping out. Caleb's dropping out after this. Yes. Yeah. So well, you already said that. Four. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know if we should try and find a fifth or four is the sweet spot. Four is a really good number. Personal opinion. Four is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to sort of let it go. Um, right. But that's and then we'll get you. into the VTT stuff because that's I'm curious about how I'm gonna prep <laughs> beyond what we already did because of the VTT. So anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then as for what I might look looking forward to, um, I, I'm a prepper. Uh, I prep the crap out of things, even if it's meaningless prep. Um, <laughs> and the thing I'm prepping now, I prepped uh, Mongoose's 2300 AD. I'm almost done prepping that. And prepping demons of the uh, sorry shadows of the demon lord, which is something I was not expecting to be prepping three weeks ago, but then I stumbled onto it and uh, found it very interesting. And for me, the prepping—I don't have any idea when I'll actually run these games, but I do it now so that when the time comes, even like with Harn, like you know, we finished up Days Vault, and everybody's like, "What do we do?" And I was like, "You know, actually, Harn's ready," just because I had been doing it on the side for a while. So, um. Those are the two that I'm having the prep uh, exercise so that someday when the time comes, if I ever feel like whip, whipping them out, I can. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a, yeah, that's what we're looking for. Uh, Duck, what about you? What you got going on? Well, I updated my sheet. so And that's how I knew the names of people in because I had, I had thought about it before. So it's not like I was trying to like correct you, Art. I just had them right in front of me. Yeah, no, um, no, no. That, not a problem. So uh, it's Wednesday night RPG night with Duck. It's either DCC or Forbidden Lands in, on mm-hmm. alternating weeks. Um, and uh, in White Rock DCC, we've got Gersh, Ty, John, Derek, Rex, and Carl. And then in Forbidden Lands, it's Art, Ty, back. Uh, oh, no. Sorry, not back. Yeah, that.
that line, I was like, I was looking up encumbrance because I knew I was going to dump 500 silver pieces on you guys. And mm-hmm. in the DCC encumbrance is like, right. If you're carrying more than half your body weight, weight, yeah, you, yeah, you're <laughs> slowed down to half. Like, oh, okay. Uh, so it's not that kind of system. So, but that's okay. It does what it does. If if you want like weird ass effects when a spell is cast, that is the system for you. Um, and the players there, are like, just I think are enjoying the gonzo ness and the. Um, they're, and you, like I'm slowly training them to like be a little tactical mm-hmm. um, by you know like killing them, although they come back from the dead a lot. But um, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun. And like I you know I've been talking about this on Discord, but I took the White Rock box, which is like four books, um, and I have all the PDFs. And I had comb bound them long ago, and that's what I was using. And then Lulu had a Black Friday sale, and I'm like, huh. Like that's 700 pages. Like what if we put it all in one hardback? And I tell you, like, just like picking up this 700 page hardback bound copy of white rock, like going into my easy chair and just thumbing through it as I like prep for a session, like reading the rooms that you guys might go to. It's been a pleasure. It's been like uh, more pleasurable than I would have expected. So I'm still enjoying huge Coloranthus fluff books and i had the pdfs because they emailed those too i will not open those files until those big old just yeah. more books get it's just i mean just like taking that big tome and kind of like sitting down in a nice easy chair with like a, a nice beverage either like a coffee in the morning or a drink in the afternoon and yeah it's just it's great um so i i don't know why but those things mattered to me and the white rock itself like there's like it was written it's a mega dungeon uh, and different levels were written by different people, but like, you know, the levels I'm on now, like I was reading stuff and you, they just had an encounter spoiler alert, um, where like, it was like the game donkey Kong where like there were oh, yeah, yeah, I was monsters yeah. on both sides. And like, there was, they were like rolling barrels down. I'm like, that's just, that's interesting. And like, and the players kind of leaned into it and it was a lot of fun and it was kind of fun to think about like, you know, kind of set that up and it was good. I'm still really yeah. enjoying White Rock. And then Forbidden Lands, like we're building a fortress and they're going on shopping trips. And, you know, I feel bad for listeners because I don't know that it's that exciting, but it's interesting. Like, well, okay, you get, you know, we're building the stronghold and we're kind of build this, this system up. And then in the last session, we went adventuring again. And, you know, I love the hex crawl system. So I'm really enjoying both of those uh, playing in. Well, we've been doing some star forged. I love that system. Um, Derek was saying, uh, like he didn't like the oracles, which is the random tables you roll on for Starforge. I, we, in our Starforge session, I thought they were fucking great. So, uh, you know, maybe he just had a couple of bad rolls. Who knows? But I really, you your session or you played a different session? Uh, we played, um, I forgot. You in the last, like a couple, like two, three weeks ago, we played. Were you in that one? Yeah. Art was, was there. Yeah. 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 It that, was me, Art, and Pete. Yeah, it was right? really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you enjoyed it, right? Art? I, I definitely did. It's my yeah, first you skipped that one on your list, so I, to, I, I that's why I just realized that. I totally forgot. Fucker, that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, let's see, playing a mutant year zero, which is I'm enjoying like all the free league uh, mutant year zero type systems. I love and mutant year zero is a lot of fun. Uh, both OSE games, ties and Jasons are a fucking blast. Even though I I mean Rex. Uh, player killing uh, me in Jason's game. Um, it still stings a little. I like, I feel like 
Like, I've done worse things in RPGs and not gotten killed for them, so I don't really know. Like, just because Kyle's character died as a result of what I did, I don't feel like that's a bad thing. But whatever. Um, I have a new character now. Um, Deus Vault was great. Uh, it's wrapped up. Harn is interesting. Curse of Strahd. Um, you know, the production values that Hollywood brings to this kind of shit just, yeah, it makes me tired, but it's great to play in. It's a lot yeah. of fun. It's a good group of guys. Uh, cause that's, uh, cause we've got me, Jason, backdoor, Kyle and James. And I think that's the only one James is in. Is he using the VTT for that? Or is that all theater? The roll 20, roll 20. He uses He's doing the roll 20. Okay. Yeah. He paid for roll 20. So he has like dynamic lighting and stuff. So yeah. Okay. Um, he's taught, I think he's bought foundry also, but like the yeah. setting up the server thing, uh, well, we can talk about that more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Greyhawk, of course. Um, which oh, is, yeah. uh, I mean, I love my Greyhawk character. It's just so, oh my gosh. And all those guys, I mean, yeah, it's just a great group. Uh, M space was a lot of fun. And then that's, I mean, that's, that's enough. But then I've got a lot of things that are like in the hiatus category, like Dungeon Fantasy Middle Earth, Salt Marsh with Backdoor, Zweihander, 30 Years War, Comrade, 1774, Twilight 2000. Um, we just did, Pete did another session of our Monster of the Week, Jersey 83, which was a blast. So Jason and I uh, played the, I, I, I have an action scientist and Jason has the uh, Holy Hunter, Juan Fifth. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, oh, it's just, it's so good. Um, Pete, 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 of course, is an excellent GM. Everyone, everyone in the guild, uh, in the cabal is, yeah, I don't know that we have any bad GMs, honestly. Um, you know, looking at season over hiatuses, aliens with backdoor, white event, cyberpunk, Jason stuff. So I don't know. And, you know, like stuff that's out there on the horizon, I still have that East Coast Traveler group in my head with GURPS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we can talk about that more on VTTs because um, mm -hmm. that's, I think, probably the, the gate there. Eh, maybe. Hmm. Um, GEV, uh, Red Dawn, oh, yeah. Ogre, um, in GURPS. I want to do that. Uh, I, and then I was looking at Oddity High again. I talked about that. Uh, just another, like, just fucking great group. Oh, my God. Those guys, like, if... Yeah, just the character interactions in that are so good. It was like, and then Stars Without Number was long ago, but like, it's just like, you know, my my winning, and I feel like I was the one that came up with this, so I'm going to take full credit for it, even though it's not true. Um, but like, you take guildy player characters, put them in a can and shake. Mm -hmm. like instant, instant RPG gold. That's all it takes. So, you know, Stars Without Number is great because they're all on a ship and like, oh, you misjumped. You're in the middle of nowhere. Shake, shake, shake. Oh, Anthony's trying to kill and Swede's acting insane. And yeah, no, that's... <laughs> and Rex is trying to calm everybody down. Oh, <laughs> anyway, that's me. That's great. That's great. Yeah, this is why we play. Yep. Uh, Caleb, so you've got, uh, you got a couple things going on. Yeah, so let's see. Playing in Arts Harn game, hype for that. Because the Middle Ages rule and Harn is just like obsessed with that era. <laughs> yes, which is nice. Um, also playing in Dave's new Glorantha game for RuneQuest, which is oh, nice. Very cool. I love my character in that game right now. She is a badass. 
and then that's the only thing I'm playing in right now because I've dipped on the space M space game for time being. I'm running the new edition of the One Ring, mm -hmm. and actually, so I am playing in a technically playing in a third game, but I am also solitarying the One Ring with the set of characters so that I can like get these rules down because I was yes. myself last session. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's like, interesting. I, yeah, I just like I need to know the rules. Yeah, it's um. That's probably I could make that a topic sometime where like Burning Wheel and Power by uh, Blades in the Dark have got me to where like I can steal things they do on a piece of paper and then just throw it in another RPG system to oh, run yeah. my own party. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, rep. I think Ironsworn, like I would use Ironsworn things and be able to like solo some other systems. Yeah. Or I, certainly settings for sure. I bought it for that reason because I was thinking, I was like, I should read Ironsworn because the yeah. solo stuff. There's a lot of solo, like I've, I've bought a bunch of solo stuff. There's like GM, DM yourself, which is interesting. It's a different take on it. But anyway, there's a whole nother round table. And that's who, that's who's doing the one ring solo system, right? Is the Ironsworn guys. Yes. Yes. Nick, I didn't know that was happening. That's awesome. Yep, yeah. that was a Strider mode. Yeah, sweet. Um, so outside of that, prep wise, I am have a bunch of stuff like that's chicken scratch notes, mm -hmm. which kicks off with I'm reading Paladin again for Pendragon stuff because I was like after talking with like Art mentioning like more um low fantasy stuff i was like well P pendragon does that pretty well so like you were yeah. in rex's vihander too weren't you i was going to be and then stuff happened and i had to dip out you, I wish... you were in like the first session and then you didn't you stopped showing up i think yeah we had your character running around okay yeah i was gonna say because that <laughs> oh, seems like right, right yeah. in the real house yeah oh dude i love i love the era i mean that third or year's war shit that was like yeah no that was that was like it made me like yeah maybe like historical not necessarily like medieval but just you know pre-renaissance like that Ugh, yeah 30 years war that's good stuff. i just bought like four books in the italian wars because i'm obsessed with pike yeah shot. i saw i saw yeah yeah, yeah. but uh doo -doo 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 -doo. um i'm also working through maybe doing some warhammer fantasy role play like the phrase i used earlier with the meat grinder stuff or just like a drop-in dungeon dungeon do you guys know about the what do you call that the is it the West Marches that one dude on YouTube did for a little while? Uh -huh. It sounds familiar, yeah. It's basically just like there is no formal party. Whatever players are here this night can come in and show up. Yeah. Yeah. And you just explore this area and it's very dangerous. And that is the game. Yeah. And Warhammer has a city in it that really complements that kind of like play style. And I thought mm -hmm. about running a game in there. That was my like, yeah, that's a great that's a great setup for like a guild thing. I was gonna do that. Like the post-apocalyptic GURPS GEV thing. Like, yeah, you're all GURPS jockeys in some remnant of a National Guard unit or something, and, you know, whoever's there goes out on the mission for the night or whatever. That's a great... A I great haven't read the new seat. Twilight, but that was another one I thought about with that, this Twilight 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If somebody needs to... Like, I'm surprised there hasn't been somebody running, getting ready to run that yet. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a knife fight trying to... <laughs> when, yeah. when it came out, yeah. 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 I think we're all plenty, plenty. Going we're on. all, yeah, right. We're all full right. up. Bunch of wish list stuff that has anything materialized yet. I have a lot of prep notes for Burning Wheel. Mm -hmm. 
they are all two of the so it's weird two of them are middle earth based nice so i was like i listened to dave's dark mage of radio episode and i got my brain spinning about middle earth i wish he would yeah i was so so into that that was good it's a great setting. I think it's weird because like some folks are like, you can't touch it because you're gonna mess with the canon. And I'm just like, dog, the canon's oh, been destroyed that. because of the yeah. Hobbit movies. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so yeah. you don't need to worry it's... about that. Well, I mean, it's so far in the past from the from the movies that like you could you could you could uh, argue anything, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the fact that uh, Pete could turn into a bird in that thing, I was like, oh, that's fine. Like that doesn't bother me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's pushing it on terms of how magic would be, I guess. But yeah, yeah. still. Um, um right. yeah, I, I mean, Gerps and Middle Earth. It was I was so happy. The last thing that I have prepped for is a crazy Blades of the Dark idea, which is also I'd be so in for that. It's tricky because the way, like, the perfect version of Blades of the Dark to me would be if there's more than one party. Ooh, because you play gangs. Right. And it's like, what if you're like, what if there's two player gangs that don't engage with each other, but they're both influencing the same city? And that's like super appealing. Well, so we should have, we could have another round table on running two groups in the same setting. Cause I don't know that I'd recommend it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Has it been attempted? (laughs) Well, it's, it's a question of like, I did the um, kids and kids on bikes in Jersey 83. Right. So I did, um, Jason and Pete, and then Backdoor and Matt Allen, as two separate groups of two kids. The the problem is like causality, right? You need like one group will like oh we're fuck, and like then the other group can't meet because like some like you need like you don't know what that that first group's going to do, and it could influence the world that the second group's in. So that second group can't meet until the first group meets. Oh yeah, like. I think with the thing I'm curious what would occur is because there's a bunch of other factions blades let you interact with. Yeah. It's like how those like chain react off each other. Like maybe there's two groups, like the players have no idea the other gangs there. Right. But it's like, it's like, why is this faction doing this shit? It's because like the other player party, the other players doing, yeah, that would be, it's, it's, and like, I mean, aside from the, the problem with like scheduling, I, I loved it. It was great. Uh, It was a little bit, I mean, there's juggling and shit, but I I think Blades would probably do, well, I mean, Kids on Bikes is a pretty soft system anyway. It was just like trying, like, and I had in my head, like, they were all going to come together at the end, and Blades, you don't have to have that, right? It could just, whether they clash or not, doesn't matter. They're just kind of existing. Maybe Blades would be easier. Yeah, it helps you out because there's um, stats for all of the city's districts. Right. And a yeah, I've read Blades. I've definitely tech. I've read it, and so. I'm very intrigued with Blades in the Dark. It's cool. And then the yeah. last thing I've kind of messed with is I have a new idea for Vassin. I just have to read Vassin. Oof. So we'll see if yeah. that happens. Nice. That's me. All of those things sound intriguing to me. If you're going to run one of them, <laughs> that's the other reason I did not pick up Arts Game because I was like, I don't know if I have the bandwidth for that and running another game. And I, I prefer GMing to playing myself. So I was like, interesting. Yeah. All right. I think that's yeah. well. This is why, and this is why I didn't get in your one ring. Like I bought the one ring, so I'd be like, I want to play, but I'm like, ugh, like just can't can't justify yeah. it. Yeah, I already I just, can't schedule anything. For the first time, I find myself going like, I might be slightly over 
But yeah, you've been pretty careful um, about doing that. So it's yeah, I, I I think I've said this before. I feel like the thing that I can do, you know, I, I get to run things. When I first started to run something, I was like, I'm going to run something for the guild and do my part. But then I realized what the guild needs is players. And so I try. It and, is true. Yeah. And so I try and pay it back that way. But now I'm like, uh oh, uh, what I got I too many games I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, I'm nervous, like the thing that I've been dying to play is what's going to get announced next. And I'll be like, Oh crap. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, for our 50, li- our, most of our 50 listeners and you know, it's probably <laughs> 20 listeners with double downloads um, are probably already <laughs> players in the guild. But you right. know, if you're, if uh, you know, we, we may have to put you through a vetting process, but if you're someone who's never played in a cabal game, uh, especially if you've been vetted through the main uh, AAC guild, uh, you know, step up. There's a lot of good shit out there. Don't be shy. Yeah. All right, Ty. You gotta you gotta give us the lowdown for your shit. So uh yeah, uh playing in Ducks DCC White Rock, which is a lot of fun. Grim Norn is still looking to get his shield back. Mm-hmm. Um Rex, uh I think had some yeah, he just kind of took a step had to step back for a little bit, but he's got his last one or two sessions of Fall of Delta Green Green sixty three scheduled for next month. So we're gonna about ready to wrap that up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, Duck and Art said, Mutant Year Zero is picking up in a couple days after about two months off. Um, so we'll get back into that and have a lot of fun with that. That's kind of my main foundry uh, sandbox, too, where I try things out. Um, old School Essentials, I kicked off uh the pharaoh module the old AD&D module did our first session a couple weeks ago that was a lot of fun looking forward mm-hmm. to more of that and speaking of getting back into games uh hollywood had an or not hollywood uh backdoor had an a call out for anybody who wanted to get back into call of cthulhu and his tom's town stuff oh, and i right. said yeah, nice. okay i'm back in sure i was, I was feeling to see that feeling uh the need for Cthulhu, so there I am. Yeah. So, so back into that. Um, so that's kind of the, the running and playing formally. Um, I've been reading a lot of Coriolis recently, mm-hmm. and that there is a mercy of the icons. Um, so that's, I don't know if you call that prepping necessarily or planning, but it's certainly been reading a lot of that. I do have a, a really Great idea that I, well, great to me at least, idea that I want to use for Twilight 2000, but I, I haven't cracked, hardly cracked that stuff yet as far as system goes. And, um, but I'll get there eventually. I think the, I think the guild will, will dig it. Yeah, and then, <laughs> what the was that? If, if the reactions aren't too high on players wanting to play that, I would jump into that because. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but. Um, and then I've been pretty crazy about Mountains of Madness recently, so I'm playing the Mountains of Madness stuff for the the living card game from Fantasy Flight. I've been reading at the Mountains of Madness the Free League big illustrated books, which are amazing. And then I just rebought Beyond the Mountains of Madness for Call of Cthulhu role playing game. So I've been you really buy that too, right, Ty? What was that? Oh, yeah, like that stuff. Mm, that's my Call of Cthulhu brain as well. It's like for running a game is like running mm-hmm. a remote location game in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
I think I'm. I think right now I'm big on the the sprawling campaigns. I mean, that one's not so sprawling. It's pretty railroady, but that and masks are my are my grail campaigns right now. Nice. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm enjoying getting back into that and thinking about the possibilities. But you know, among other things, bandwidth matters. So <laughs> right, hmm. we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu is one I've. I I want to run some. I just I don't know when. I don't know how. But it's one I've always been intrigued by, and I hope someday to mm-hmm. give it a shot. And playing yeah. in your one shot was was a blast. Yeah, I thought for sure that, that was fun. What, what's that? Isn't that the one you fucked up? Probably. Yeah. I assume. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, yeah, because basically I, I I thought I was trying to play my character the way they made sense, and it ended up yeah. Just breaking the adventure, yeah. Skipping over work. the whole mystery, yeah. Good work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate it when fuckers like use violence to skip over mysteries. <laughs> well, we ran long anyway, so those it, people it was, are the worst. <laughs> it was fine for the listeners. Violence was used to skip over the entire mystery in M space. <laughs> well, yeah, you were trying to turn it into a cozy, and I said, "Fuck that shit." Right. <laughs> the gun. <laughs> Anyway, so how are you guys feeling? I mean, uh, do you want to get into VTTs now? I think or we should. You... Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm on the West Coast, so it's it's only yeah, eight fifteen here, but I got nowhere to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, as far as I'm the the round table right goes, back. oh sure, yeah. As far as round table goes, we typically try to have a a main topic, and on the uh, on Discord, we were starting to talk a little bit about. VTTs and how we use them, and I think there's some technical aspects to them that we wanted to go over. Um, you know, Art, I, I think I kind of have it in my head that you're the strongest proponent of of this topic. I mean, is there something in particular that you had in mind, or what's what's uh, what kind of spurred your your thoughts in this area? Yeah, I, uh, I, I feel like I don't know if you guys feel this way, but. Um, if I stop and think about it for two seconds, I can't, uh, how do I say this? VTTs have made it possible. Like I thought my role-playing days were long gone. Um, mm-hmm. and cause I, I don't think like if it was just like, Hey, you know, get on a video chat and roll some dice. I probably wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but VTTs for some reason have made it click in a way that I basically assumed was in the past. And so now as I, you know, part of the reason why I prep is, you know, I prep stuff to death is because, you know, I, I just find what VTTs allow you to do fascinating. I'm not good at it and I can't code, but you know, I, it's gotten to the point where, and this might be blasphemous. Like, I don't know if I'd want to play, role-playing game with just books and dice anymore because i want i because what ends up happening with me at least is you know my memory is half cheese to begin with so (laughs) i i'd I'd be like do i remember this rule i i don't have any idea like am i forgetting this am i forget but with the vtt i feel like the more i can put on it up front the more my poor memory or flipping through rule books can get out of the way and i don't have to worry about like are we playing this right i'm like yeah it's actually probably close enough um 
in in my head that's important for some reason, even though I know it's not actually important. But I just find that they've they are a tool that has completely changed how I think about role playing games and made it something that's very much a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they're an incredible tool, and um, it's almost like quote unquote my like my favorite game is. <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah that's yeah yeah and, and maybe i didn't set it up entirely but it, it, we're talking about virtual tabletops uh we've got what we've got roll 20 mm-hmm. some of us use foundry mm-hmm. uh you guys have experience with fantasy grounds fantasy grounds mm-hmm. uh <laughs> there's a little bit of tabletop simulator for a while but all the all the digital oh, platforms wow. that yeah. allow us to play play online although art don't you have you've have you used Fantasy Grounds or something like for in-person oh, yeah, yeah. games, or is that or is that just oh, video? Uh, I'm trying to remember what you've uh, actually done. Sorry, what was the question, Ty? Did I use like like you've leveraged digital tools? I don't know if if they were technically VTTs, but for some of your when you your played with your set. kids, didn't you use some? Yeah, it was right, your kids. Yeah, so when I played with my kids, you know, initially what I did was I just set up streaming. Um, then I started tracking things in fantasy grounds as I got more familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do much, but like I would say have the initiative track in fantasy grounds or I track the monsters hit points and stuff just so I didn't have to scratch mm-hmm. down on paper. Um, and then I took that and once I started getting a little familiar, I was like, you know what? I think I could run something for the guild. And then that's when I launched honestly the disaster that was the early days vault in fantasy grounds. And it was a combination of what I'd sort of learned by doing it with my kids, which was setting up, you know, streaming using physical pieces, miniatures and doing character sheets and dice rolling in the fantasy grounds VTT. Um, And it, it, I think it would have worked fine, except that I just, I picked a game for which there was no good digital if setup. we'd done 5e it probably would have i mean right. yeah as a player in the deus vault game i mean you know i and you know I, i'm a little shy about expressing my frustrations with software um <laughs> and people um so perhaps I, I may not be the best player when you're trying <laughs> out new things but um yeah i mean fantasy grounds is just it was just such a bad like i'm like foundry had like so listeners the fantasy grounds is a kind of a you sign on and art you can correct me but like you're mm-hmm. you're there they have a central server and you're you're kind of connecting through that and you have like in your i think it's a subscription model you're paying for time and then the players kind of connect and you're all in there um, but it's very and it's also very rigidly controlled like there's official modules and if there's no official module i think you're kind of screwed um whereas foundry is a uh here's this piece of software you know, buy it. It's yours. Um, now you have to like, okay, well, how do players connect? Do you have to figure out how am I going to run this off a, a desktop or a laptop? Am I going to buy a server? Am I going to go rent some server space? So, you know, and there are places that where you can like that are set up for foundry um, kind of right. natively, you still have to buy a copy of the game, but it's, you know, it's 50 bucks and on sale a lot. Uh, yeah. And then there are official modules for foundry too, but even if there, there's a lot of, homebrew stuff for foundry also right. um and so, that model of like buy once rather like 
for the for the VTT itself, like that to me is just like so much better. I understand it probably hurts them from a profit perspective, but uh, you know, I'm they're licensing, you know, they're doing licensing and stuff, and um, I don't know, I don't know how long it's going to last, but for now, it's good. Yeah, so I'll just say this: with Fantasy Ground, you can opt in at a tier where it's buy once and that's it. the The tier I opted in at was sort of like the game master tier which allows basically so so the way it works is if nobody owns the game master tier then everybody has to i think purchase some level right i went in at the game master tier so that any player that i played with could log in for free Mm -hmm. and the nice thing is they do offer free cloud hosting but it's a little bit more complicated to log into um and and to what Duck was saying, it's it's controlled. So they try and make a sort of generic system, but it's not as generic as you might need it to be to sort of open it up to the stupid masses such as myself to make my own character cheat. And it just so. And on the on the flip side, like you know, whenever I mess with Roll Twenty, I I, I feel bad saying this. Like I really don't like it. Um. And so when I was first getting into Days Vault, I was like, God, I like Fantasy Ground so much better than Roll20. Mm-hmm. But I could see what, that. Yeah, Roll20 is, yeah, Roll20 is tough. It was very clumsy. And so then that's why, like, when Foundry started kicking around, I felt like it merged a lot of the yeah. good things of both of those into one. And that's he only beats why. me every other day. He's a good right. man. Right. <laughs> right. There were there were things about Fantasy Grounds I really liked. Uh and there are things about Fantasy Grounds like so recently I was I was working on um you know, I was prepping for Harn and I was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if we could do like tarot card readings in the game?" And I confess like I don't know how I would have done it in Fantasy Grounds, but the trick I was having initially was that you know, Foundry much like Roll20, it it puts forward first the map right and so if you're going to do something you have to think about it how do i manipulate this as if it's something on a map where fantasy grounds puts forward first this idea of a table you know the chat box is your dice dice box uh, your dice tray you know and a map is something you lay down on the table and so i was wondering like you know would this have been more intuitive in fantasy grounds because its approaches you have a table in front of you not you have a map in front of you but there's so many other issues, like Duck was saying, it's so controlled that, you know, the, the problem we had with Day's Fault was that there was a character sheet that was kind of close. And right. just being off that much made a lot of it a nightmare. Um, and the whole with, user interface was very non-intuitive, which. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it, like I have the like I have the super duper graphing program and like whoever, mm-hmm. like some people like. I don't know where they learned how to use computers, uh, but like they like came like, I don't know if it was like a different planet or something, but like we have conventions for this gooey shit. People like stick to them. (laughs) Yeah. There were some real oddities in, in the user interface and it's, it's sort of a thing where like, and this is one of the things like roll 20 has people making character sheets for it left and right. And like I said, I don't code, but I know a lot of you guys, especially, you know, Caleb, you've talked about it. It's like, if you can do it in CSS or Java or JavaScript, you can, you can do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's not fantasy grounds. And I just, I don't know how it's going to work when, 
you know, I, I feel like there's this core team that's probably getting, and I'm talking out of my ass They're They're probably like, no, sir, you don't understand how any of this works at all. But, <laughs> but since they're not here to defend themselves, I'm just going to talk like, well, we can have a stand up right now. Right. Kill him. We'll open a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. I issue. Yeah. I know Jira. Right. It's, it's just the idea that like, you know, and even roll 20 is like enclosed in a way that, you know, I, I just wouldn't want to deal with anymore. Like, I, I think I would probably be more open to roll 20 now that I've become such a fan of Foundry because they, it's sort of like they're both web pages. Uh, yeah. I mean, Foundry's much, to me, Foundry's much deeper than roll 20. Yeah. But that's the, the thing. It, but, yeah. I, but the things I find, you know, I can. Now, just... I've never done the advanced roll 20 either, which, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. I have. So I comment on that at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll step back and let people talk about Roll Twenty. And uh, the 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 takeaway is that I think Foundry, Head and Shoulders is the best of the three, and it that's actually what made me realize when I was talking about how like VTTs sort of were a game changer. It was Foundry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was the first time I had a character sheet that matched exactly what I was trying to run. And I've always been able to find character sheets for the stuff that I find interesting. Because they encourage, it's the open source. It's right. the mods, like the Quake mod community. It's the, like, if you, you, you can either encourage independent people to do code or you can discourage. And, you know, like the, the, the environments usually that encourage it are like usually end up being more popular and much more well, like it's the Wild West in some standpoint, but like. Yeah. You get, you have many more options, right? Yeah. And and the modules, the things, you know, like Caleb, you've posted the isometric view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the things I've seen modules allow you to, so like one of the things I've done in Harn, which you guys, I mean, I only did it on one map because I was sort of figuring it out, but it's the idea where like, you know, you walk into like this area and as you're walking around, you know, you see the roofs on buildings, but when you go inside the door, the roofs disappear. When you go to a staircase, you automatically go up to the second level. Hmm. And it's all seamless. And like, I don't, that might be possible in Roll20. It might be possible in Fancy Grounds. I have no idea. But the fact that just, that's just a bunch of people in their spare time making modules that open up this whole possibility of what you could do. Um, Yeah, there's like ramparts around the edge of the wall. So if you step on a ladder, all of a sudden you pop up and now you're on, you know, Mm. the ramp. And it's cool. It's just, you know, and it's stupid, but it's, it's immersion. Like all these little things can make a game, you know? I, I remember, just to double down on the foundry, like, so we, like one of the first things in the cabal we did on foundry was, cause I forget, I wasn't the one who like brought it into the guild, but I was one of, of course I went and bought it quickly. Um, uh, but we, I moved a couple layers of white rock over into foundry and like Ty even recorded it. And it's probably on his YouTube channel still. I don't know, but um, like, go listen to that session. Like, Cause you know, I, you know, I've been, and you know, I'm doing dumb shit like, and I, I've had like dynamic lighting in the Hollywood's roll 20 thing. And as a player and Pete's thing, but like dynamic lighting and the, you know, the, and the lighting and then the walls and like, just listen to like the players voices as they're like running around white rock, like using their little arrow keys to move their characters around. And just like, you know, they feel like they're playing a video game from the 80s, 90s. And it's just, it was like, you know, I, I was just grinning, just listening. Like, I just remember Derek being like, ah, wah, 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 wah. And just like, oh, yeah, no, this, like that, you know, that 20 minutes I took to draw those walls. Yeah. 
yeah and, and define how a torch works and you know put some furniture in there like oh yeah no i it's you know and and i'm just using these dumbass black and white maps from the original mm -hmm. uh white rock module and then i just drew walls and i like now what i do like well spoiler but like i'll put like fancy lights in there i did it in in uh forbidden lands like you know you just just by throwing like fancy crazy lighting it's like you wouldn't believe like oh that makes this black and white map look really cool so yeah and you know that's the thing like i i can't speak for everyone myself i'm a very visual person so yeah. the more i see in front of me the more it comes to light which i know maybe seems counterintuitive like i don't have any imagination but i still feel like <laughs> even having you know because that's the stuff i would have done in a game anyway like i draw a map on graph paper i throw little yeah. minis down like and mm -hmm. so i was going to do all that anyway and this allows me to do it you know there's more and share it and share it with people online and yeah. yeah where i i like i was saying like i thought that part of the hobby was going to be in the past because how am i going to get six people around and it makes it so much easier to do if you put in the time ahead of time you know like right like i was saying like i've prepped the crap out of Harn, but when we start Tuesday night, like in theory, for the next however many sessions we go, I probably don't have to do anything. You know, like hmm. I don't have to lug up all of my boxes of graph paper and minis and books. Right. Um, I can just, you know, I know what the story is and it saves everything. Like I don't have to break it down and remember. It's, it's yeah. really, I don't know. Anyway, I'll stop talking. Let somebody else blather on about how awesome fantasy well, grounds is. Yeah, I mean, when I play in person, like I, I, I've said this many times, and Ty, I'm sure knows it, but I, I can't take notes when I'm running a game. So, like the online thing, like I often thought, like I'm going to play an in-person session, I'm just going to put the tape recorder in the center. I was like, yeah, we're recording <laughs> this because uh, my notes suck. Right. And that's another thing about online that's like, oh, yeah. Because then, you know, when I need to get ready for the next session, I feel like as the dungeon master, I should fucking know what happened last time because I know none of my players are going to remember. So I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, I listen to the session. And I listen to it on about like 1.8x, uh, which is kind of funny in its own way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it's like all that stuff that we've kind of adapted to, like now they're becoming... Like I can run stuff in person, but it's like, oh yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta think about that. I gotta think about that. Like, how am I gonna show my map? Yeah, right. I gotta draw something. What miniatures? What? I like all those things, but I'm all virtual because I don't cannot form a party physically. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Doc. I was going to say, like, I introduced my face-to-face -face gaming group to online uh, role-playing. Um, and I think we just did Roll20, because this was before we had done Foundry mm -hmm. um, in the guild. And uh, we used we used Dungeon World to play in... Um, I used the AIM books uh, for the setting in the... Because the, the guys that... They were, they were like old schoolers. They had done, like... Um, role master like they had role master and stuff and i'm like let's try this you know dungeon world because dungeon world to me it's it's crunchier than a lot of the later pbtas it you know it definitely has more crunch than some of them um and they they loved it and then like you know we had like three or four sessions and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna record this i'm never gonna publish it anywhere but this way i'll i'll remember <laughs> what happened and they're like okay my right. son was in that too it was like my 18xx buddies and one of the guy's sons and my son and uh, I think they were all having a good time. And then I don't know why I killed it, but hmm. I did. 
I, I will say like yeah because like i mentioned like when the when the pandemic started like i figured out like okay let's see if there's a way to have my kids play with their cousins you know do D. Mm-hmm. they all seem to be into it and even when we switched to foundry like at first i think you know because my kids were in the room with me they got to see the graph paper they got to see the minis and manipulate mm-hmm. things physically but even when we switched to foundry they were like whoa that was that was way better yeah um, yeah yeah and we were just all sitting around a dining room table while you know the other people were out of town but you know it was mm-hmm. but they were like yeah that was that was way better um even in person i mean like the thing you do with your youtube i mean that was interesting i did i mean it's not the same as foundry but you know i i did i did enjoy that i i wish i had done that with a proper i, I wish the vtt in that case hadn't been such a mess and, and i don't i don't blame i don't blame you know fantasy grounds because again oh yeah, just, yeah you're you're the one at fault for sure yeah because it wasn't um it wasn't the right character sheet and i couldn't make it work and instead, i mean we made it work i would you I know I, i'm, I I'm giving work, you shit but it was fine it was fine yeah but i i would it would have been interesting to you know or like for the first session like everything something always went drastically wrong like it, it didn't work with every version of that's but Mac yeah OS. i mean that's all my rpgs and then it's just like okay well let's just <laughs> wing this and get this shit right because like the yeah. first session i was one of the players didn't have a vtt in front of him because of os problems yeah. And so I was trying to like, okay, let me post this here. Let me do that there. Let me. And so it was a lot of stuff getting in the way of playing the game. You haven't even had the challenging players like, oh, I'm, I'm on my phone only. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. I've, I've had players that have all been pretty technically savvy. Ish. <laughs> so. Terrifies me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway. you, work, you work around it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So I'd be curious to hear, especially. Caleb, you're running Forge, and Ty, you've done a lot of stuff. Well, you've both done stuff in Roll20, and I, I don't know running stuff well in that at all. So, you go ahead, Ty, or you want me to go? No, go ahead. Yeah. I'm currently, I guess currently I'll be running a game in Roll20 still, and running a game in Foundry. Right. And, and you can code. You can do for real stuff. The bold statement. If you could write an English sentence, you can code. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can get it. If I sit down, I can like, I can, I understand what's going on in that sense. That's the one thing I'll say. Like Foundry versus Roll Twenty. If you're playing or want to play with a system that has not been fleshed out by some like folks, go with Roll Twenty because Foundry's problem is that you have to go and create a bunch of data sets and then write your code to interact with those data sets the technical side on it is harder and more involved eh, i disagree if you if, i mean like if you go i'm talking about P- someone who's like going to have to go over to like w3 schools and look about how to make an html file i get i mean if you don't so here's the thing i the skill you need is do i know how to open a port on my router Right. You don't need to know what an HTML file is. You just need to know how to open a port on your router. Um, you don't need to know that. You can just use Forge and know that shit's a problem. Okay. Yeah. I because if you buy like if you buy like the the free league module, like you don't need to do anything. Like Foundry just works. And it's it's a lot more solid than uh like you don't need to do any coding at all to use Foundry. If you use the Forge. I haven't used the Forge, so but I'm based on what you say. If you said yeah, I, I think Caleb was saying that like if it didn't exist, 
If yeah, it wasn't, if, no, I, just, I don't. There. Right, right. If it doesn't exist, yeah, you're probably well. There is the generic. Like, if you're willing to just kind of fudge the generic system, but you you kind of have to like you have to be an art and pick a fight with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll concede the point on, yeah, like, yeah. You should know what a .htm or .html file looks like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's the only like to comparison between the two. After that point, then like, as far as posting, if you go, if you're cool to go with the Forge or something, Foundry is no, uh, Roll Twenty has nothing on Foundry. Foundry is insanely powerful i'm pretty confident that if you felt like it you could play doom mm. inside yeah. foundry because you can yeah. put a dos box inside a inline javascript file right. <laughs> run doom on it like because I, I looked up this as like i was talking to other friend i was like i think we could put doom on foundry and it's like why i was like just <laughs> yeah why would you because you can't because you can't i mean the thing video. the thing that would be more interesting is like playing one of these uh, mini minis games on Foundry. That's that should happen. At some point. Mm -hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Because like, as somebody who doesn't know anything about anything, I was able to put together what I think could fundamentally yeah. work for Harpoon, right? Oh, yeah. Foundry in five minutes, right? That stuff. Yeah. It's got so much more power because Roll Twenty thing that drives me crazy about using it is: Are you making a character or a note? No. Go fuck yourself then. Like we, <laughs> we can't help you. Nothing else can be done in our system. Right. supposedly yeah, yeah. we're an engine but not really we're just this right handy bookkeeper with a map on it and our image and dice sucks. and dice yeah and their management engine sucks meanwhile foundry is just like on the other hand they give you a lot for free like they do, you know, they do. Like, I, I mean i'm still using it because like pendragon if i want to play it in foundry i've got to go and code the entire damn thing myself because it doesn't exist nobody did it yeah and I was like going to do that. And then I got the news like, oh, six editions coming out in six months. I'm not right. going to do it until six editions here. <laughs> like, I'll just go and play and roll 20 because it works fine. Right. There's things that frustrates me, but it's nothing that's like. Yeah. If the system's set up in any of these things, it's going to have an advantage. Yeah. yeah if someone's like, done the hard work. Yeah. Oh, the only reason I pulled the trigger, finally pulled the trigger on Foundry VTT because Roll20 wasn't doing anything that was like ruining me, mm -hmm. was I went to do the tour thing in Roll20 and it's broken. And I was like, buy a Foundry license. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there isn't a like I thought tour. There isn't an official tour one, right? Because they had problems with the license or something. Oh yeah, or, um, my understanding is like I think it was Art that said it. Like they consider virtual tabletop applications video games, right? So unless someone forks over a video game license to the Tolkien family, oh, yeah, yeah, that will never happen. Yeah, so, so. that code it yourself situation, which sucks yeah. because. I mean, yeah, I mean, Roll20, yeah, Roll20 is great. Like, it's the free version is free, and it does shit. And you have a character sheet, you have dice, you have maps, you have tokens on the map. You know, at that, you know, if you if that's what you need, it's great. Or if you want to, like, the way Pete uses it to just, like, you know, he gets all these fucked up images that I still dream about and wake up in cold sweats. And he just, <laughs> you know, he'll just, like, drop them in, and they pop up. And I'm like, God damn it, Pete. And, you know, and he's got the music going and it's great. So Roll20 can be used to great effect. Um, you know, and Hollywood obviously does a great job with it. Um, but as a, you know, I, and I GM'd a bunch of stuff. But yeah, when I got into Foundry and just like, I mean, and I know some of it is because I never paid for the Roll20, but I feel like, like, oh my gosh, there's just so much more here. Well, the, the, I mean, the reason I never bought Roll20 
for two reasons it was the the file management side of things like it just uploading images and then oh, managing so all those painful. images was really painful Horrible. Mm. and then when i learned about how and maybe it's changed but when i first learned about how you did dynamic lighting in roll 20 i was like oh man i don't, I don't know if i can do that. i don't know if i can do that and and the foundry version is so good yeah yeah so, so that, easy that, that made it yeah. easier yeah um well it's interesting yeah. you mentioned the file management because that is something that was always you know, so when I first jumped into VTTs, I was looking at Roll20, I was looking at Fantasy Grounds, and the things that I, the reason why I picked Fantasy Grounds is one, it was a one-time fee, and two, is because I felt like I knew where the files were going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so with, with Foundry, again, like, it's awesome because, you know, we can all self-host if we want. And, you know, like I say, like, I, I prep and I prep and I prep, but the thing I know about that prep is... I only have to do it once because I know exactly where those files are. I, I mm -hmm. make it a shared compendium so that if I want to move it between one, my licenses or whatever, I can move it back. Well, and forth. Have, like I have my, I have that directory map. Like I can go just straight to my founder directory from my windows Explorer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My so other I, joke about is like, I don't know if roll 20 sometimes knows where its files are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like where the, Oh my God. Yeah. Roll 20 and files. And then you've got the free version, a hundred meg limit. Right. And you're like, yeah, and I'm trying true. to get down under. The, oh my god, so painful. Yeah, that is the one con of the Forge tool. I'm using it because it's like I, su I support servers during my. Well, I did support servers during my day job. I'm just like I don't want to support my server at home. I just yeah, want someone yeah. else to handle this problem for me. Yeah, 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 I can see that. I, you know, Duck was the one who turned me on to the Raspberry Pi mm -hmm. hosting, mm -hmm. which I I had never considered buying a Raspberry Pi before. I, mm -hmm. I'm not a, a code guy, but I am a tinkerer. And I do like mm. to see how things kind of connect to each other and they talk mm. back and forth. And I can usually get through, if I've got instructions, I'm not afraid to, to dive in and, and try them out. And so Foundry is great for that in general. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself that I was able to set that up and self-host. And when I'm in Foundry, I like to figure things out. I like to tinker until... I get to the point where I don't want to tinker anymore and I just want it to work. And so I, we really haven't really talked about all the modules in detail, but there are just, you know, dozens and dozens of like modules for foundry, which modules are the term that they use for, they call them add-ons or extensions, or they, they extend the platform to do things that it doesn't normally do kind of out of the gate. But the problem for me is that, the one thing I don't like is that you, you maybe find a module that you're excited about, and then because it's usually, you know, developed by somebody, and maybe there's a GitHub or something for it, but there's really no directions or instructions. And so now I got to go on YouTube and look up something, or I got to go to Discord and get in the chat room. And I, you know, I just I just want to do the thing I'm trying to do because I'm I'm done tinkering, and now now I want to make something work and so sometimes i get a bit frustrated when a module in particular doesn't quite live up to perhaps a you know you there's, know, a, there's uh, documentation uh, in almost every github right you just it's always in a specific yeah. directory but yeah it, but is it good is it yeah i mean I, I you're right there's some there's of the documentation models, like, and they say like, yeah yeah like the I, dcc I like character thing go. it was there i mean you just had to go dig deep and like read it three times but yeah yeah yeah, no, I, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 about, 
yeah, just to echo on that a little bit. It's like the I would say that's one con to I don't know. World Twenty is occupation is not like that great either. I guess World Twenty is one like thing that maybe I would put them on blast for a little bit. It's like I just what's the feature list? What are they working on? Like there's developers yeah, supposedly, but like yeah, you, have you guys changed this thing at all? Like <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean to but, me it, it was free and like I said it's it's map yeah. character sheets and dice and right. tokens. And token, do with token praise, you can get folks that are not like have any interest in like it's pretty easy to fo- p- poke f- uh, roll 20 and figure out what to do with it. Foundry, I don't say that's there from the get go because it's got so much like it's like auto having a car with auto versus manual almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit Modulville, it's like, congratulations, buddy, you are now interacting with the open source community. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. And yeah. they are a yeah. wonderful but horrifying monster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you've never, like, yeah, and if Foundry is your introduction to that, you might blame Foundry for it. But I'm telling you, it's not Foundry's fault. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I, and, yeah. It, and that is mostly my introduction to it. And I should also kind of say the things that I'm using, you know, I'm not paying for. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah. I guess there's a couple of the free leagues modules, but like, you know, the, it's like when the, people say, "Why did you do such a shitty job hosting this roundtable tie?" You're like, "Well, what did you pay for it, bitch?" <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, not so, that people would say that because you're doing an awesome job. I'm just no saying, one, no hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will yeah. say also with Foundry, like to Ty's point of being a tinker, like I don't know if I'm a tinker. Like I'm a so like you know the expression like work smarter, not harder. Sometimes I'm not smart enough to work smarter, so I have to work harder. <laughs> and so that's one of the things I appreciate about foundries because like I can smash my head against the wall and figure it out because it's all sort of there in front of you. Or, you know, if I want, you know, somebody, you know, so demons, uh, shadows of the demon Lord, it's a system that I'd like to run someday. And I was like, all I need is somebody to have made a good character sheet. And you know, because of copyright licenses, they might not be able to do much else, but that's all I need. And because it's so accessible, I feel like a lot of the time things I'm looking for, somebody's made and they've done it pretty well, mm-hmm. you know, getting the rest of the stuff in like the spells, the, like that's I'll, I'll smash my head against the wall and I'll enter it and I'll do the data entry. And because I, you know, maybe I'm just dim that way. I can set myself to like a menial task and just do it over and over. And over. No, I mean, yeah, don't, you're, but, I mean, I hate to say this, but you're beating yourself up too much. Like, but I, but I don't, coding is like I'm working on a vassal module, and like, yeah, right. yeah, I like I'm looping back and forth between like the testing it and like changing the code because it's not working like I expect it to. And so, uh, fuck, I'm just going to try these five different ways. One of them's going to work, and it's always the fifth one. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, it lets me like some because it's so accessible. Somebody's done the part that I can't do, and then. Yeah. I'm not happy to do it. Like I'd love to run free league stuff where they give it all to you right there, but it's good. I, but I, I'm able to do the tedious stuff. Um, yeah. And not, well, I did some know. of the tedious stuff for DCC because they hadn't oh, right, done it. Right. And, and then, then they did. came out with it. And then I was happy. Like, cause I hadn't done all the tedious stuff, but there's still, there's always tedious stuff. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm running white rock in DCC. So there, you know, all the monsters that are in white rock are not, for the most part in that monster list I have. So I'm entering monster. It, it happens, you know, everybody's got to do some, 
some scrubbing of the toilets as my old boss used to say. <laughs> yeah. And I can, and I'm fine with that. Like for me personally, um, for some people, I know that's just like, Oh God. Uh, but for me, like the data entry I can do, I'm just grateful when like they've done a great job, like the Harn yeah. foundry module, like, and I think I was saying this during days Walt at some point, like Harn's not the most popular system in the world, sure. but because of the accessibility, it only takes four people to really love Harn in Foundry <laughs> to make it Knock amazing. It out. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and also, oh, no, so sorry. Go ahead. Those, uh, all that, that, that feature, the compendium feature that Foundry gives you, mm -hmm. someone's got to enter the data. Right. Like, yep. <laughs> someone has to at some point. Yep. Yeah. And, and for Harn, I'll give them credit. They were smart about it because, you know, Harn's meant to be, you know, somewhat generic if you want it to be. So they, you can all the items everything is entered you, they just made it separate modules so if you don't want that in your game it's not it's not you, assumed that it has to be there do you run yours on a pi uh initially <laughs> yes <laughs> i started on a raspberry pi and then he broke it I, something was happening yeah i as i started messing with it it, it starts to really slow down and so i was like nope and uh it's currently on an m1 uh Mac uh you reinstalled you like you took a old macbook and put linux on it right so. for a little while yeah i put it on an old laptop and now it's on i, I needed one for work and so now it's on a mac um oh. I the big know, thing i just when i saw you doing the data entries the thing that went through my brain wasn't like i can't believe you did that it's just like there needs to be a backup solution Mm -hmm. right so you know that's you know one of the modules you know is called shared compendium and so i mean you could just back up the entire data folder and that's good enough yeah just um, like it like shoots it somewhere so you could like so you can just like go and import all your compendium back in because i was like man what if it just his like little raspberry just goes and then right. it's like that compendium's gone forever right yeah so you know i do a lot of the data entry into the module shared compendium and then i just rename it so now like it's called you know harn shared compendium or whatever and so if and that singular folder can be transported anywhere and then it's a module that you just click and activate and then boom everything everything is there uh shadows of the demon lord same thing like every single spell every single path literally every single thing that's not like a basic <laughs> weapon or a basic armor i have to enter but once i do it that's a shared folder i could put onto any uh any instance that i have or you know whatever because you know it's it's a module um mac mini that's what i that's what i was trying to think of uh anyway um but yeah so that's the thing like foundry you know it lets me even if i have to brute force it you know it lets me in what little i know about programming and stuff find ways to get around stuff to brute force whatever I needed to do. I do not disagree. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you want to roll this all the way back, I'm the one that used tabletop simulator. And I think Ty was a player in that first traveler game. Oh, uh, right. And uh, so used. I can't remember. I mean, very did briefly, we... yeah. very briefly. And I believe uh, like Pete apparently has shitty internet, you know, who knows how the internet's <laughs> bad in Seattle, but whatever. And Dave has like he lives in a he lived in a canyon in California and had like shitty internet, and so ta the problem with tabletop seems like there's actually a I looked at it this when I was looking at Forbidden Lands. There's a very nice Forbidden Lands thing in Tabletop Simulator, and 
you know, it really like, you know, if you want to feel like you're at a table, that's tabletop simulator. They even have like they have things now, which they didn't they didn't have for GURPS for sure. But like like all the like you have character sheets with like little buttons that you press to change, you know, like when you get a strength hit, you know, you can click the buttons and stuff. I, yeah. I think the tabletop simulator for Forbidden Lands would have been would have been all right. Uh, yeah. But the other like, OK, you need, you know, but and I've made some tabletop simulator modules. It's um you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of art type work uh, if you if it's not set up, but it's not horrible. Like it does like like if you have like a deck of cards, you can import them all at once and it'll load them into a deck, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, and then it's a deck that, you know, you can shuffle. And um, but the biggest problem with tabletop, like everybody needs to have good Internet. And, you know, um, maybe my Forbidden Lands crew could make that work. But I know like mm-hmm. Gersh's. Gersh is often not in a good internet situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, so that's why I kind of like, and the, so we went, you know, historically I went from table, you know, we started playing online tabletop simulator, I think was our first. And then we found roll 20 mm-hmm. and from, from tabletop simulator where like we were struggling to like, people weren't able to even connect. Like roll 20 was a, was a, light from heaven like because you didn't need high bandwidth you could see shit um and it had gurps character sheets in there we just you know people had to put their shit in but once it was defined you know you could click on your character sheet to roll stuff so like when i first like roll like hey you know it's not what i would have designed for vtt but hey it's free and it does all this shit and Mm -hmm. it's what we need and then uh and then Foundry was the next kind of like, oh yeah, this is it. Every step's been like, oh, this is a lot better. And then, and I think the roll twenty to Foundry step was like, oh, this is a lot better. Yeah, I remember yeah. listening. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying, I remember listening to the old Traveler, and I remember the first session where you guys switch over to roll twenty. A lot of that session was just like everybody going like, oh wow, whoa, okay, whoa, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, we'd been struggling. I, I didn't even realize how much tabletop simulator was kind of slowing us down, because it, it seems like, and I even now I'm like, even now I'm like thinking, oh yeah, we could try that again, because like you, we had minis and you know mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you you can make you know I was playing, but it but it did add to the prep. Like I was trying to like make like 3D terrain, and then I was I hmm. got Blender out, and like oh my god, there's such a rabbit hole of shit you can get down in that. Um, and for me at that point, I would just stream it on YouTube again. Um, I would just, which I, yeah, is not something I like even considered didn't even, I didn't even think of it. So, but yeah, maybe now. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, and I, I would, if people needed any pointers, I could (laughs) give them whatever I'd learned, but I'm leave it, leave the, leave the channel open while you, uh, ASMR go to work. Actually, I, I was just, you know, when you mentioned that I went and clicked back on the link, the reason why I think I did that wasn't necessarily because I forgot. It's because I sometimes would have trouble stopping and then getting to start again. Uh. Um, but maybe I did forget. I can't remember. Um, but what I was kind of curious, and maybe we could do it for every single VT, well, not every single, but for the three big ones, like, is there a situation where Roll20 is the best, where Fantasy Grounds is the best, where Foundry is the best. Have people found instances where it's like, you know what? Actually, I would do roll twenty over. I didn't want uh, to pay fifty bucks. I'd do roll twenty. 
if I had to do a uh, rules light thing where the character sheet already existed in Roll Twenty and not in Foundry, um, and I wanted it, and I wanted it set up fast, and I just needed like very simple stuff, you know, images. But I mean, I used Roll Twenty for uh, Kids on Bikes. Of course, it was pre-Foundry, but I might again because mm-hmm. it was a map of Ocean City, New Jersey, with like, and you know, they would point at locations, and then each location was just a picture. Right. And then we would role play from there. And then they had character sheets. That's all I needed. Yeah. It truly comes down to like, with me, it's how willing are you to either work smart or hard Mm -hmm. combined with like what currently exists due to the community space. Cause like Mm -hmm. if roll 20 has a character sheet and it works and foundry doesn't use roll 20 because the amount of lift that, um, found is going to require of you isn't lightweight and i will say from like actually having coded a character sheet in the past i was able to get a working character sheet in roll 20 in a couple hours because it uses um it's all in the technical term is like inline Mm -hmm. which is pretty easy to like punch in and see if it works and good to go the issue with foundry is it's not in line it's much more of a web app like a true web application, which is why it's so insanely powerful. Cause you can freaking change the games foundries UI for your game. You can make it look like Diablo two in there. Like it's right. crazy. I opened up uh-huh. the Warhammer one and they had like Warhammer elements on the sides and everything. I was just like, like I was thinking about like the call of Cthulhu folks. Like if they would just go and like pull a bunch of 1920s, like basically they just pull all the assets you get from like the HP Lovecraft historical society and just use those to build out the UI for the foundry COC module. It would look insane. You would literally be playing a video game. So, so to that point then, would you say, you know, one of the real strengths of roll 20 is if you're starting from scratch, starting from scratch or, and just like not a super tech guy. Okay. But I don't think foundry requires you be a super tech guy. It's just, if you are, you're like, because I've got a friend who's like, who thinks he's like, Roll20 is garbage. Foundry is the best thing ever made by mankind. I'm like, yes, you are also a principal software engineer. Yeah. <laughs> who's contributed yeah. to the TypeScript code base. But, like, if, but yeah. So if, yeah, if you, if you know any, if you have any skills with coding at all and you like to tinker and you think you might want to do dynamic lighting, sound, maps, uh, you know, and and or the character she, the characters already exist. Foundry is by far what I would choose. And yeah. you have a you know you understand how to host something, or you already have a hosting solution that you can okay. plug Foundry into. So there's okay. a lot of ifs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I would still use Roll Twenty for some stuff if I had to. Yeah, I, I imagine I'll be dual wielding them for probably another year at least for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess so. Say like if Foundry had a character sheet, Roll Twenty had a character sheet. They both worked. So it's, it's sort of trying to set up an all things being equal kind of scenario. What would you guys pick? Well, because um, I have Foundry instances, I would probably pick Foundry. Like, well, we had to do Starforge. Like, we were going to play Starforge. And um, there were modules in both. We actually had... Uh, you had well, it no, set up yeah, we had done it in... And I moved it from Roll20 to Foundry because at the time, I thought the module was better in Foundry. I don't know that that's true anymore after having played it. Because um, <laughs> there's some weird... That guy has done some weird stuff, but uh, right. And then but, Ty, which one would you like? All things being equal, would you... yeah. Uh, 
It would be Foundry in almost all instances. The exception is that I, I'm not... And you saw this with the, the Cthulhu game you ruined. Uh, I did that in Roll20. <laughs> I did that in Roll20. <laughs> I did that in Roll20 because the Cthulhu uh, system and character sheet had been updated not too long before we did that session. Right. And then also, it had that module that we played. It had all, it was free, right? So that was actually a free like game nice. day, game store day module that they put up on World 20. Right. And I said, okay, well, I can either, and, and, and the whole point of that, that particular session was a true one shot, one night, get it done. And I said, okay, well, I don't want to go build a whole bunch of stuff in Foundry to, to pull that right. off for just one night. So, like, if I was going to go run Mask of uh, Nyarlathotep, I've seen some people do some really amazing stuff in Foundry that is inspiring that maybe I'd want to try. But, it, you know, if it was just a one shot for Cthulhu, it's like, OK, well, let's make right. it easy and do it on Roll20. The initial, like, frustration thing with Roll20 versus Foundry that, like, if they all the modules in game state were the same is in Foundry, you open it up in your browser and it's like a flashbang just went off because of the white ass UI. Mm-hmm. No yeah. dark mode. Like you have to deal with the fact that it's white or go into Chrome and like do a bunch of stuff to <laughs> change it. And that that's like the number one thing where I'm just like no other feet like go to the role. Such a millennial thing. What is you with you guys in your dark mode? I've got people at work, like <laughs> there's no dark mode. I hate it. Can't I know. It. You guys are funny. It just like I don't know. That yeah, it just doesn't bother <laughs> me. I, I get it. I, I feel your anger and I'm mocking it, but you know, I feel it. Um, I just, I've just experienced like... it multiple multiple times and <laughs> We don't you know, like as, when you grow up from the internet in the eighties, is like dark mode. Come on, yeah, dark mode was when the computer wouldn't turn on, motherfucker. <laughs> right. Back in my day, that's the way it was, and we liked it. I'm waiting for the OK Boomer. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cave. Paul, Paul would have done it. I'm disappointed in you, Caleb. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so I, guess I think what I'm hearing is. BTTs, we like them. Yeah, I think they the matter. Yeah. Also, I want to say BTTs matter. Can we? Can we? Or do we? Do we not agree? Well, I'll say this: like in the interest of you know both sidesism, I was trying to think of like why would somebody choose Fantasy Grounds? And the only instance I can see is because that to what Ty was saying about Roll Twenty and Call of Cthulhu, it has what you want to play already there. Is there something and, it like definitively owns too? Like, is there something lives in there that like it's the only place where you can play that game? Uh, so that that's the interesting thing. Like, officially they have, and I'm sure Roll Twenty has it as well. Like, officially you can get travel the, of the systems I play. You know, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition because you have to have that or, or you're dead. But uh, of the systems beyond that that I play, like it's the official home of Traveler and Call of Cthulhu, and I think probably Roll Twenty is also official. Um, but again. Traveler again because like Harn, like Traveler only needs four guys to make it awesome, and there's you know an open gaming license. You know the Cepheus engine, right, is extremely similar to all things Traveler, and that has an awesome Foundry module. And again, it's just like three or four guys who just love it. They and I think I was mentioning this on Discord. Like I'm in the the Discord channel for that. And the development channel is just these four or five guys going back and forth literally constantly all day 
and you get to watch it happen in real time. And, you know, so while Foundry does not have officially licensed travel material, I can brute force the garbage. Like I can enter in every single weapon from 2300 AD myself, you know, they've done a great job. They've done a great job, like making this ship sheet that, you know, you drop a person into a crew spot. It automatically recognizes the certain skill that you want it to recognize. And you don't have to go back to the character sheet. You can just click on the ship sheet. And it's just like all this really good functionality that I think outpaces what I've seen in the little bit I've looked at in fantasy ground traveler. And I'd rather have that really great usability and brute force the, the data than have, you know, fantasy ground enter all the guns for me. But you know, it's, you know, a little clunky or it's, you know, I don't know. Um, so like, I was trying to think of a reason to use fancy grounds and, and personally, like, I can't me, give you one. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore because, you know, when it, it was fancy grounds roll 20, I maybe, yes. But. Yeah. 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 I think. And when you first like, like, cause Samer went big into fantasy grounds for all those games he was going to yes, run. Yes. And then, and then you did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought about it cause it's like, oh, it's, you know, See, well, there's a Kickstarter, was it there? Like there was, there was a new, the, the new version was. that was coming, right. and yeah. Right. But I looked at like the pricing scheme, and I'm like, eh. yeah, that's the thing I was gonna say. Is like, I can't vet that pricing scheme because yeah, it just seemed like no you know, fifty dollars, fifty dollars is a great price point. Like, oh, I yeah. yeah, no, I can like, and I and I own a copy, and they're gonna update. You know, they're gonna give me. You know, I can download mm-hmm. updates and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, and that, that oh, sorry, okay. just really quickly, that GM license cost for fancy grounds is 150 bucks right and then if you want to and if you want to buy something for travel like if you want to play traveler you have to buy the rule book right yeah it's not like you know i can how much is that that's 50 bucks you know and then if you want (laughs) and then you can add all the material in yourself but if you want the player's handbook in there or whatever or the vehicle it's another 50 bucks and next thing you know you spent 400 bucks on i mean and and just as good or better in Foundry VTT, like and I got them as soon as they came out. But like the free league stuff, the basic Forbidden Lands was thirteen dollars. Thirteen, yeah, it's cheap. It was cheap um, as shit. And then like I bought right. the and each each of the expansions one was another ten twenty bucks. Yeah, right. And Alien was the same way. Like they price them at the beginning insanely cheap. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And DCC uh, DCC was similar. It was twenty maybe. And mm-hmm. I'm like, for just having like the spells already typed in and the monsters already typed in, like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, the, the Traveler Harn, both extremely impressive and like, there's just no like. So for Harn on fa- uh, Fantasy Grounds, at least at one point, you had to use this separate rule set called Morcore, which was just some guy who sort of homebrewed this flexible core system that you know, was supposed to let you make character sheets without having you to do too much. just a harness ode one sometime <laughs> down the road. Cause like, it's literally one of those things that you could just talk about like harness. So and say, well, maybe, yeah, once it's all done, but, but the thing with more core is that like the only reason, and this is the thing with fancy ground, fancy grounds always feels like it comes down to, you know, one guy updating it for you. And so more cord had one guy he's like hey i need to do harn he's like okay let me go program the roles in there and you're like oh okay you know and then you got to wait for him to do or like brp had been half abandoned so like you know they 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 charge you money for brp but like it's sort of 
half forgotten about. So you're like, you're going to charge me money for it. Like, I don't know. The whole thing just feels like it, 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 it'll never be able to accommodate yeah. everybody. You know, I mean, we could have an economics high. discussion. Like if you set your price point too high, how does mm-hmm. that work from an economics perspective? Does that, that drives a lot of demand, I think. Right. Right. And, yeah. and if part of your profit model is to lock everything in so that everybody has to pay to play on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to just bring in more customers. I think they're going to be like, Oh, we better get in right away. Right. And so like, yeah. So like with foundry, you know, again, you know, they took traveler, but they went through it, you know, roundabout with the open gaming license and Cepheus. And next thing you know, you have like an amazing traveler. Uh, anyway, whatever. I'm just repeating yeah. myself. That's good. It's good. Yeah. So the, in conclusion, there's no good reason to use fantasy ground. Thank you. Yes, yeah. which we all knew, and uh, you know we're we're basically just beating art slowly with rubber hoses until yeah. he, you know, he finally accepts it in his soul. Right, it's and, fine. I like you spent one hundred and fifty bucks plus all the shit, other shit you spent. I like I understand. Right. Like when I spend one hundred and fifty bucks on something, I'm like, I no, I'm sticking it. with this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah it's that sunk I'm cost invested. Yeah. yeah, yes. Speaking of economics, but yeah, this is know, the best Kickstarter ever. I don't know what you're talking about. This game is awesome. <laughs> Right. And, and excuse to be honest, me while I get out the 10 pages of errata and try and find this, this rule shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like there are people out there, I mean, especially for D and D and stuff where it's really advanced, like they love fantasy grounds and you know, more power to them. But for me personally, I just, yeah, I guess that would be the thing, right? 5e probably exists on all. Yeah. Like I don't play enough 5e and you know, so Pete uses, and, and then we've got the whole D and D beyond thing, which mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, I like the character sheets in there, but like then their pricing model bugs the shit out of me. But anyway, but you know, to that, like the power of foundry, somebody made a module that will pull that in. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was something I was like, I, I couldn't believe how well it worked. Like I own adventures on D and D beyond or Mm -hmm. whatever it's called. And Mm -hmm. this, this module, I just clicked a couple of buttons, waited 20 minutes. And then I came back, I had all the maps. It had all the counters on the maps. It had all the, yeah, story beats. It had Will literally it pull everything. character sheets over for players. Yes, too? I like high level from what I can tell from like looking at the tech specs of Foundry. If it can be done in a web app, you can do it in Foundry. Roll twenty cannot do that. Right. Interesting. Yeah, like anything that can happen in a web application that is JavaScript based. Yeah, they Foundry expose. Yeah, you're you're yeah, you can root around in there and yeah. Because I mean, like, it's well, just the, the stuff people have done is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I mean, when I looked at the dice rolling three dice that happened in roll 20 and yep. how it was implemented. And then I went and looked at, I think it's like, Oh, nice dice is the module. And, dice the so nice. yeah. and I was just like the roll 20 guys had to do something with their way. They set up their web app so that it lets you do those 3d models. Whereas dice so nice, he just tacked it onto their thing. Like mm-hmm. it's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the like I, you know, you were looking at the, uh, but there's another isometric thing on Foundry you get if you, it's like 10 bucks a month for this guy's Patreon, but he's done, it's not just isometric maps and isometric movement, but like the area of effect shit is all isometric mm-hmm. too. Like he's mm-hmm. translated everything into that. And, you know, Jason, if Jason's listening to this, he's correcting whatever the correct fucking production is. But once again, <laughs> I don't care. Well, Art, you were sharing those vids. It, looked, it basically looked like old, like Icewind Dale and Boulder's Gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graphics. yeah, yeah. That's going to yeah. be like i honestly think like two or three years down the road like foundry is you're just gonna be able to like make Baldur's Gate one in foundry if you felt like it that mm. would be awesome yeah i could see that yeah yeah and well that's and that's the experience like my players had in white rock like they felt like they were playing one of the even you know pre 
Baldur's Gate, you know, one of the top down, I guess even, mm-hmm. even Pool of Radiance was isometric ish, but <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the really old, like, you know, they, you know, the 2d dungeon, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, yeah, it was great. It'd be like an Ultima community and like VTTs down the road. Exactly. Ultima. There you go. Yeah. 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 Or, uh, um, Legend of Zelda or, you know, whatever the link, the, the early, the early top down 2d shit adventure. <laughs> and you know this might be blasphemous i don't know if people are going to actually agree with this but one of the things about vtts i don't want to keep everybody up too late but so i apologize but one of the interesting things about vtts is that you know people say like you don't need all this you don't need all the maps you don't you just need your imagination and some pieces of paper <laughs> but part of me feels like if i could have presented it like this when i was 15 i would have sure like agree I'm actually, I don't actually have that sort of idealization of the just a bunch of guys and some dice in your imagination. It's like, I, again, because I'm a visual person, like if I could have presented it, if I could have had it presented to me with all this visual audio um, information, I, I would have. Why? Yeah. Why? Like if, if it's easy and you have it, why not? If it adds to it, like you there, if people want, like the theater of the mind and no maps and no dice like go do that but why like if i want sound and i want maps why not right and that's the thing yeah because like i i feel like even though it sometimes in some ways takes more work i feel like foundry in particular but vtt's is allowing me to realize role-playing games the way i always wanted to realize them closer to it so for me personally like I don't think I'm as down that hole. Like I don't spend as much time. Like to me, like if something's not in the foundry module, we'll wing it and we'll just say, okay, well then, you know, I'll tell you to imagine something as my player. Right. And so, and I'm okay with that. If you don't want to be, that's fine. Uh, You know, but that's how I get around. Like, not having to spend, you know, massive amounts of time making sure everything now, you know, I'll, but I'll do prep, you know, I'll, I'll make sure maps are good. Like there, maybe there's an underwater level in DCC white rock. Maybe I have mm. like a, uh, you know, a, uh, blue lighting that ripples, um, <laughs> that kind of shit's fun. But like, if I'm not having fun, we're just going to fucking wing it and you're going to have to imagine it. So that's my, that's my take. Yeah, obviously, and yeah, I mean me personally, as a as a you know, if you're having fun getting that stuff because that's how you like you think about it, art, go yeah, right. do it. If you're not having fun and you think the players require this, then fuck those guys. Like they'll take whatever you can give them. No, no, no. It's definitely how it's how I would have always wanted to if I could. Yeah, and I feel like you're saying you're having you're enjoying doing this, and this is how yeah, you know, fifteen year old you would have loved to play RPG. So that you know that makes yeah, it fun. Yeah. And it's not necessarily fun in the moment, but it's fun once like it, I'll be honest with you, like prepping Harn was not fun, but it's going to be fun next to see it all come together. Right. Same with shadow of the the demon Lord. Like right now. Yeah. I mean, like you say, if, if you've done all this work and then you can run like five sessions without really having to touch anything, I can, I could see the like, Oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause that's the thing. Like say Harn, like, you know, Days Volt ran for nine sessions, but it was say like a year, you know, yeah. you know, after we got everything into foundry, that was, I never had to prep again, you know, um, anyway. Yep. And, and, and there's always the like, Hey, I didn't prep this. Just imagine it. And like you were saying, that's cool too. Right. Uh, it's not the end of the world. 
Right. Nice. Right. We do have an addendum. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what is Rex, Rex about, wrong? What is wrong about yeah. now? How is Rex wrong? How many ways is Rex wrong? <laughs> how many? Maybe <laughs> we did three ways. Was... Yes. Yes. Maybe we need to summarize. Maybe it's. <laughs> right. So, but we haven't really touched on the like Rex saying space games are bad. I mean, that is the most egregious. I mean, the system matters thing. I agree with. Um, yeah. And he but was he do... was he joking about that? I mean, because I thought he had fun in Alien. I think, no, no, he's joking. I know. Okay, but yeah, even yeah. joking about it, it's wrong. It shouldn't be done. There was something you were talking about. This is definitely like I, I took notes like what to make suggestions for but like talking about running space games because i have also had that problem where i ran one like a couple years ago oh the village and thing. was like this should have just been star wars we should have just played star wars <laughs> like because we were making up like some alien stuff and i sat there and thought i was like and we were and we we're all like even like my players were, like these guys are stupid like we could literally just have these be like the assheads from tatooine yeah. and it would be just as legitimate or like because you're saying, like making up ships and stuff where it's just like, I wish I could just say X-Wing right now. Because that's what this fucking thing is. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if that's where I mean, if that's where people are pulling their inspiration from, just fucking play Star Wars. Why not? If it's easier. Yeah. And right. that's where it's like, yeah, sci-fi is such a. I think it has a harder time than fantasy at like figuring that stuff out because like. Yeah. And getting right. the mood right and everything, and it's just like a, such an interesting thing to. It's it got me up like because I was like I'm dropping out of M space because I'm like not into sci-fi, but they're like talking about all the setting and stuff and stuff. And I was just like, it's been a daily thought. We're just like, do you read sci-fi, Killer? Oh yeah, like um, I would say, like, currently my two big sci-fi and some of my sci-fi is weird. Like number one thing, quote unquote sci-fi for me is I'm a massive Gundam fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I have a large amount of like Gundam lore and all that stuff. That's like well, you're not sci-fi. playing the right sci-fi RPGs then, right? right. That's the, like, there's got to be another one out. There. I have a copy of Lancer still in the plastic from the Kickstarter. Right. Yeah, there's Lancer. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like, oh my god, the number of fighting robot RPGs is ridiculous. I don't know how like I've never gone deep. I mean, when I was a kid, I kind of liked that stuff, but I go other ways for anime, as you know. Um, so. <laughs> I fully yeah, the, yeah, you got to find. Yeah, you you don't like. You might not like the traveler, like the hey, we're going from you know, we're a we're a free trader flying yeah, the depths I, of space. You might not like that story if you don't read books like that. You don't like that story. Yeah, I think this one is, is like the expanse genre and all that stuff. Like, I'm just kind of like I I'm like I fully understand why people really like this. Yeah. If you right. don't like the expanse, you're not going to like M space because that's kind of what yeah. it was. Right. right? That's kind of where I like I came from. And, and that's Mothership. Okay. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Mothership was like a max back for me because I loved playing Alien, but my gripe about Alien was like Aliens, that system is really well designed and it's really fun. But the thing that drives me crazy about it is it has that freaking MacGuffin, which is like the Just Alien. Take them out. Take the <laughs> fucking xenomorphs right. out because you know what? We didn't see a xenomorph. Until yeah, the very to. last episode, or you know, the last two episodes in Backdoors, and it's a great system. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's a great system. It shouldn't stop you from playing it because the stress mechanic on it's top so of the Mutant Year Zero, fucking genius. I love so it. Good. Yeah, it's how it makes you more successful at your roles, um, and yet causes like problems. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah that's that was the perfect like 
like I like Forbidden Lands and Mutineer Zero. I like the basic mechanic, but throwing that stress die on top was like, mm. I mean, that's just and but it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be xenomorphs. It just like Oh yeah, I played around with it. I think what made me like go as like all in on mothership was I was like, oh, this one is the what is alien without being in that xenomorphs. space. Yeah. Without right, xenomorphs, right. I'm like all in because I love yeah. like it's also D one hundred art, so fuck. Oh yeah. god, god damn it. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh the things I like mothership, it's it's bare bones, but like man, the uh the layout, I'm a I'm a I'm a whore for layout. I gotta say, like OSE, like oh that layout's so good. But the mothership layout of just like their their basic book, which apparently like wasn't even their you know what they were thinking was going to be the first official book, but whatever. Just like oh I'm reading this. Oh I need to look over here. Oh I need to look over here. Oh this it's just like someone made like a flow chart with like <laughs> how you make a character and where you go and like your character sheet has that too. It's great. Yeah, I think the other thing I like about them, the where I was like, it's like I throw them a bunch of money. Is I like any of the systems that are like, hey, people out there, crack open InDesign or whatever, and you can publish right. this shit. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the see, yeah. this, you you would like the Exalted Funeral. So like, um, there's a bunch of the indie designers on there. Um, I think the Mothership guys are on there. Um, and, and so, like, now. yeah, like the Kickstarter promotion channel, like anytime there's any kind of indie RPG, like it'll get posted there. Like Max yeah, like, Moon's on there, all kinds of like it's 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 pretty nice. If you want me to, to go see if I can still find that invite, let me know. But I tell you, it's I mean, Exalted Funeral, like I regularly when Exalted Funeral comes out with like, oh, we've dumped some new stuff. I will go buy everything I don't have and then and just and and just send it to my house. I, I want to, for me personally, I want to give credit where credit's due. Like I'm on the Mithras uh, design mechanism discord channel. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously both Mithras for fantasy and M space for science fiction. And somebody in the M space, you know, sub channel was saying like, you know, is science fiction harder? And I've always felt that way because I think part of it is because I like science fiction more. And part of it is because, you know, with fantasy, because I don't give a shit about fantasy, I don't give a shit about like, yeah, fuck it. Fireballs elves. Like, I don't Oh, care. you're not trying to like reconcile the. Right. And with sci-fi, like, I, have, I have a very specific kink with sci-fi. Like I like my sci-fi a very specific way. And so when I'm running sci-fi, that's Anal circumference always... as a character. <laughs> exactly. A character trait. Um, it's something I like, because this, you know, sci-fi for me, like, can have fantastical elements in it, but because it's the kind of sci-fi I like, it's always grounded in some kind of reality. And I feel like when I, yeah, don't yeah you that, leaned into I the tantalum bullshit. I got to tell you. Yeah. And that's like, when I don't know it, I feel like, Oh God, like with fantasy, like I just, I just don't care. Like, did it, did I cause you stress? Like in the M space game where you're like, Oh, I, cause no. I cause C-Rack stress. I'm like, although he said he was going to use like in his twilight 2000, I'm like, I'm going to get my, uh, radiation health physics book out dude so if you're gonna hit us with radiation we're gonna be double checking your figures uh no that like the tantalum i'm willing to like hand wave it like because everything's got some kind of hand wave for faster than light um but i don't mind hand like uh, you know yeah right yeah but what does throw me is you know your fucking computer chip has tantalum in it i'm just saying is it gonna go like zooming across the solar system i don't think so but like what i what 
what does throw me is because this is the stuff like I want to get right because it's not magic is, you know, like the decoy ship takes off and it's, you know, Jesse saying it's all about Delta V's. And I'm like, yeah, like, I know that. I just don't know enough about Delta V's to do it justice. <laughs> and so like, while I'm willing to wave it's a away, sports car from the sixties, isn't it? Right. <laughs> so I, while I'm hat. Well, I genuinely don't care about waving away a fireball from an elf. The, that kind of stuff is important because that's, going to be part of the story but it's it's got a real life grounding well, that you have did you like watching the space battles in star wars uh or did they bug you they don't leave me feeling anything that's probably not the kind of sci-fi you're talking about if if that is in fact even sci-fi in the first place right yeah to sure. me that's not but and, but i would be like you know like i was saying i have a weird kink i would say anything that has an alien in it is not sci-fi in how I define it, like it's, mm-hmm. I, I'll give it to aliens with the xenomorph, but like the instant you put an alien in, it, I'm like, that's fantasy. Talking um, dogs, talking dogs, dogs are the extreme. lions, the live people. <laughs> this that's why, like, really. why, why, why are aliens so bad? Now, I agree, talking dogs. Well, you know, if you read the traveler lore, though, it's all explained. They're actually they were genetically modified from dogs on Earth, so you know, it all makes sense. Right. Oh, okay. Seems real. uh for me um aliens aslan weren't genetically modified lions they're just regal goddamn it that's right um yeah to me aliens you would never play twilight imperium (laughs) well that's the thing like playing i don't care but running uh, aliens to me are something we're we're never going to encounter just like we're never going to encounter elves and dwarves so Uh, hmm. okay um, interesting and when i say never it's not literally never, but it's the statistical improbability of it. It might as well be never. Um, distance, time, like the chances of us overlapping have you, in distance. Have you watched the, the Carl Sagan stuff? I'm just saying. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's it's not just the distance; it's the time. You know, like I understand. I understand. You, yes, there's a lot of assumptions that go into all those calculations, and so depending on who you're listening to. Yeah. So for me, I, I would. That's why, like in in M space, and you know, when I run twenty three hundred, like if I ran twenty three hundred, I would probably just do the setting, and it it's got some aliens. But in M space, I stripped it all out of the adventure because I'm like, no, like I'm not going to do it. Uh, But I understand that's my, and that's why, like, I barely read science fiction because I just, you know, I started reading. um, Oh God, what's the? There's a trilogy that everybody really likes, and the opening scene has somebody you know, chained to a wall with water filling up and Oh God, I can't remember it. Is it, uh, is it older? Somewhat series? older. And like, it's a trilogy that everybody, it doesn't matter, but, and it would, it'd been recommended to me by about 10 different people. And I just, I just got 30 pages in and stopped. Cause I just like, I just, I can't do it. Um, because this is the physics that's like the like that's a no he's like the like yeah the the alien not having aliens is a strange hill like i I can tell you like consider you get the physics wrong a lot so that's apparently not your problem but the aliens like aliens don't bother me like sure i understand the argument that it's unlikely but it's certainly not impossible Mm -hmm. that there are now are they going to be humanoid are they going to be you know the star frontiers aliens where they're like pseudopods and stuff that's that's the shit. That's the shit that's going to happen. Well, I guess. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, Ian no, no. Banks. I was done. Ian Banks is the author. Consider Flybe- Culture. Fletus. Culture. Culture. Yeah. Culture, Culture trilogy. trilogy. And so, 
and that's the thing because like it bothers me that i get the physics wrong but i know that i don't know enough to get it right so that's why i frustratingly hand waved away because i'm just like fuck so I, consider flebus you did not like you couldn't get through yeah i, don't, I actually I think that's like, like one of her one of his weakest ones in that and they're all independent right it's not like an actual series oh okay i thought there was i tell people trash. to read the player of games first okay i just got uh, that for christmas and i'm i'm a little bit not dubious but i'm reading um revelation space which is the one that they say Coriolis influenced. Yeah. Revelation it, space it, is okay. The it's, cult it, series is like, I read it for like the intelligence ship. Like there are parts of it that really resonate with me and there are aliens in the culture series, but most of the weirdness comes from like humans, like genetically modifying themselves, which is you know, true. completely That's believable. True. Um, there, but they, but the thing about in culture, like there's only a few, like we haven't run into, I mean, I guess there are, there are a lot of alien lives. I, I think it's a it's a very weird hill to die on. Like, I don't think that there's strong proof that there aren't alien races. Like, the fact, the idea that there would be alien races at the same technology level as us, yeah, that's un, that's probably unlikely. The fact that we wouldn't run into any like intelligent race at all if we explored the whole galaxy seems also wrong. Yeah. See, for me, I, I think it still is basically statistically zero given the infinite size of space and 13 billion years. Um, like well, you have to define how long, how long is it? How long is an intelligent civilization going to last? Right. That's all these are variables right. in that equation. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I, I, don't, like... I don't know that whether a role-playing game is fun or not is hinging on whether you personally believe that there's Apparently a for art it is. I think for it the, is like you can't setting, play. Yeah, for he, well, it, when for I was, what I for what I run for what I play, I'll play anything. I don't care. But yeah. when I run stuff, that's the kind of stuff that makes it. And that's yeah. why, well, like, yeah, you have to be you have to believe in the setting to set it up. Yeah, right. And that's why Days Volt jumped out at me is because nobody plays elves. You know, it. You know, yeah. it made it very easy for me to think of stories when I when the players are all humans and motivations and. Yeah, I do think that like just to. I'll defend fantasy for a hot second, but this is a sci-fi conversation. A lot of those <laughs> races have gotten a lot of like stereotypes that they don't actually have because of infinite modules, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But uh, the on the sci-fi front, it sounds like I don't know. This is and this is an eye rolling statement I'm about to say myself. <laughs> a lot of sci-fi that doesn't have like the aliens and all this stuff. The main thing those sci-fi series are doing is like being critical or either optimistic or nihilistic about 20th century anxieties for like a yeah. better. Well, I mean, the, I mean, sci-fi. All all stories are a reflection of ourselves, right? Right. Uh, yeah. It's we are the ones creating the story, so everything's got to come back to us. But like now we're getting probably, into literature fucking criticism, but whatever. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, oh no, I'm gonna go there. But you like you <laughs> like this there's companies in the sci-fi you like, is I guess what I was trying to say. Like there are corporate entities in the kind yeah, of Yeah, and they're you like. yeah, uniformly out to do bad things. So <laughs> they're yeah. always bad yeah. operators. Like those are yeah. two things, like there's these touchstones where it's like this has to exist. And that's you know, that's that's the, to me, that's the defining essence of cyberpunk, honestly. It's that like the you know the any protection that governments have provided for individual actors of the state has been subsumed by corporations that to me is what uh, defines cyberpunk my only yeah i love talking about this stuff but my only counter 
like not counter, but like other version. I think that cyberpunk is the ghost of the shell thing, where it's just like, what is it to be a human being? Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, there's. Like, but is, is that cyberpunk? That I guess Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, because it's like that's the thing is yeah. when they, they all go into this weird spectrum, and what makes me mad is when someone's like, "Let's that's put not them all just in one cyberpunk, bathroom. though, right?" I mean, no, yeah, it's also I mean, well, that that's a fundamental question. But yeah, the way right. that they addressed it, Ghost in the Shell wise, like when or what does it mean to be, you know, when are you self aware? So right. yeah, I mean, that is one of the fun. But you know, if we're going to do a cyberpunk roundtable, um, we have to have Jason here. You have to have Jason. And yeah, I just want to say, I, and you know, like maybe I misstated. Like for I think on some level, for me personally, the suspension of disbelief for fantasy is a whole different ballpark than the suspension of disbelief for science fiction. I think that's built into the genre, where I think fantasy. You know that it's not real. Right, I mean, like it's, it's so it's, it's, it's so the, not is real. it the uncanny valley? Is it it kind of right. analogously where like it's so far away? It's like you know, full cartoons are fine, right? Real right. history is fine. Something in the middle, you're like exactly. And I yeah. feel like science fiction, as part of its core, wants that uncanny valley, unless it's Star Wars, right? Like, or any level. of the uh, John Carter of Mars, um, right? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I feel like all that the stuff. pulpy, yeah, yeah, pulp built film. into like sort of the hardish sci-fi settings games, is this adherence to parts of reality and the discarding of others. Yeah, there are and, certainly tropes for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's where it gets murky for me personally, and how that's I get disappointed, yeah. and why it gets harder for me to run science fiction. I mean, I knew you hated the traveler section, but this whole thing with like aliens are right out. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I'll say this. It's not like like if there's an alien that shows up, I immediately, like, take the book and shit on it and then, you know, throw it at a straight I'm just seeing a gif in my head of, like, a guy reading a book and then, like, just throwing it into a fire. Where yeah, do like you think Star Trek art, like, um, where does it I, live? Because I, I don't consider it fantasy. Yeah, I, I don't really watch much Star Trek. Um, but I can tell you, like, I tried watching Babylon five and you know, it's like, we're a port in the, you know, the storm or whatever for like 37 different alien races and humanities at the core of it. I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's, it's just like, it, like parts of it were interesting, but it's in my head. I'm like, this is fucking dumb. And Warhammer so Star Trek gave you a stroke. <laughs> well that, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get into Warhammer. I don't, um like this star trek this future one they have is like you would die from all the stuff in it because not only isn't <laughs> sci-fi with all this other stuff but there's also you, elves have you <laughs> looked yeah yes i i don't like my elves in space um no, fuck elves in space that's, it spells that's in space yeah that bugs me um yeah. have you ever looked at stars without number art uh yes i've not like read it deeply cover to cover but i have definitely looked at it yes yeah so it's an interesting like but so here's like the, you know, and part of the traveler is this way that like, what if there was a huge, uh, you know, cluster spanning empire of a single from a single planet that then and then there was some event that just shattered it. Right. And right. then those different like then, you know, the different places are like they all start at the same point and they start to devolve and then some of them start to mutate and some of them start to modify themselves. And then you have different races that all have all are humanoid. Um, but they're really aliens to each other. Right. Oh, uh, so yeah. So I, I just want to 
go back for a quick second. What you said, I think for that uncanny Valley, I think mm, is the yeah. right way to describe it. Like, yeah. and it, it's just for my personal thing. It's that it yeah. adheres enough to reality that I feel the need to honor that. And that makes it way harder for me to run sci-fi than because I constantly have in the back of my head, like there's a real analogy here that I, I don't fully understand that actually should apply. Um, and mm. I'm blowing it. And that yeah. is a difficulty, but yeah, stars without number. Um, but what do they, you know, maybe I have, I mean, they do have it. aliens in it, but you don't have to use them, right? Right. The, you don't have to use That's conceit, what I was going to say. Yeah. The central conceit of stars without number is that there was a human thing. And then there was this event like they, they relied on this, these gates to, to connect everything. Right. And then they, then they broke. My critical yeah. thing with stars at number is that it doesn't have a setting. It's just a system for sci-fi catch-all. It is. It is to some. It is to some extent. Although, like, I. I mean, I think, like, there is that setting. There is that that diaspora setting. Like, you know, you can you <laughs> yeah. can play within the stars without number setting. It's just not. It's all like the way Kevin Crawford does it. And by the way, like Kevin Crawford may be number one on my Insta back uh, people. Mm. <laughs> Like, I just like, I will sit down, like he does the best, even like when I bought the first stars without number, like, oh, this, like, I like to run space games. Like, wow, this guy does a lot of random generators and they're the best. Right. right. Yeah. They're the, his, his, the stars, well, I was going to say, aside from the, that my one, my most successful sci-fi game has probably been my stars without number game that I was able to run. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, I've run it and I'm not like, I'm not completely sold on the system. It's this weird mismatch of traveler and OSE yeah. uh, <laughs> or OSR. Um, but, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there actually is a setting built into there. He just doesn't, it's not a setting like forgotten realms is a setting. Right. It's right. right. He, it he just it, he it's a couple of broad paint strokes on a on a blank canvas and then a bunch of tables. Yeah, because I think yeah. like with the sci fi stuff and that's with that stars that numbers and a couple other systems do OK at letting you do and maybe to Art's thing sci fi like with just the human centric and the weird aliens. You kind of what it is, is like there's something about that's like scientific and real and true. It works this way and it, you go. It doesn't screw that little piece. We need this to not be a thing so that this can all happen. But right. everything else follows reality's right. rules. Rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that's yeah. what Gundam done is Gundam's like, we need an infinite resource that kills radar. That exists. Mm. Now Gundam works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and I also want to say, like, you know, that's my personal thing with like the media I consume, but playing in people's games, like as long as like so like so duck like if you were to run deep night revelation mm -hmm. like i have a feeling you would run it because it's something that would really interest you right and so as long as the gm really is interested i feel like they can sell me on or he or she could sell me on anything mm -hmm. um and i'm willing to jump in like one example i use is like i read the and I, you know I, I don't mean this i read degenesis and it didn't click mm -hmm. with me mm -hmm. but when i played in the session that backdoor ran i mm -hmm. had a blast um, but be it's because, you know, he was really into it and he could bring right. it to life for me in a way that I yeah. couldn't myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's but why obviously I, if you're not yeah. feeling like you, it, I mean, that is a requirement for jamming stuff. In for my head, exactly. Yeah. I would yeah. never invest the time in something I didn't feel 
like passionate about that. Like I wanted to say, like, I wanted to share this with players. Like, I think this is a really interesting story setting right. and I want to share it with you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm willing, why to are you going to do, yeah. why are you going to do the work otherwise? Yeah. Right. And I'll jump into anything. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's my weird thing for, for, uh, now Jason's here. We could talk about cyberpunk. Fuck yeah. it. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Hey, we did start talking about cyberpunk. You speak of the and devil. We stopped because you weren't here. Now we're now you are. <laughs> Talking about the best genre ever. It is Caleb. Caleb, I don't know. Caleb was calling it shit. I think. Wow. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm spitting words. <laughs> I, just, I get what, mad no, when you right. Go ahead, sorry, Caleb. Uh, I feel like cyberpunk's like there's like this is cyberpunk, and I'm like there's like five subgenres that they should like stick with depending on what they're wanting to do instead of just like put them all in one big box and shaking it is what kills yeah. me what jason I, I like fantasy yeah 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 mm. but <laughs> but what jason what makes cyberpunk cyberpunk to you um i think there is um there's there's really two things i think i think big thing kind of comes from um the cyberpunk Fiction, which mm. is uh, style over substance. No, mm. oh, okay. Um, so the characters are kind of, um, you know, living fast and footloose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's the kind of high tech low life thing. Oh yes, yes, uh, yeah. That they talk about so. Yeah. You know, yeah, if, we needed you here. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, you know you can you can take that a couple different ways I think, um, and I've played with that a little bit in my cyberpunk games of you know are you working for corporations are you working against corporations mm-hmm. you know, where in the kind of street hierarchy are you but I think the the kind of high tech low life thing is 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 kind of key. Mm-hmm. That's true. I was gonna say yeah and and no fucking magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no elves, no magic. No Shadowrun. Yeah. Shadowrun Shadow for life. Yeah. Actually, With I think the... that's Go ahead, that's sorry. probably that's a really good distillation. Like the you know mm-hmm. high tech, low life. The, the the third pillar for me that I need is chrome titties. <laughs> um, well, no I mean, we had the mirror shades. <laughs> we had, we had chrome tan jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to that. Yeah. That was the uh, that that arc was the one I realized. Oh, I'm a misogynist. Like I'm just doing <laughs> rescue the princess bullshit over and over again. Uh, I should probably find a new a new shtick. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like what that. about it's really good distillation, Jason. I'm gonna like and that. I'm gonna bring up something, Caleb. Like, how do you reconcile? So, like, how do you fit a Ghost in the Shell type story into cyberpunk? Is there an element of the what it means to be a sentient being in cyberpunk, or is that just a a side a side piece? It can be. I think, yeah, I think that is a kind of a subgenre. Um, yeah, right. and I think because they called me out on this earlier too. I think it was my issue as I bump into is like the main genre for all these things. I never click to. It's always there's one like two of the subgenres. I'm like that thing. I like that. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, calling him on it was like, well, if you like that thing, you should just do that thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, you should do <laughs> the shit you like. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't like sci-fi, but I like Gundam. And they're like, well, just do Gundam stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we were talking about Art's M-Space game, which is kind of uh, expanse-ish. Um, and, and we found out, you know, we've exposed Art's 
horrible, horrible a- alien uh, <laughs> racism. Taste. Literally yeah. xenophobic. Xeno, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm clearly a xenomorph. Um, or xenophobic. Xenophobic, sorry. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's just funny what, like, but yeah, you know, then, and then Caleb opened the door to like, yeah, but you know, all these are all stories. And so, you know, people like different, that's why I was asking Caleb, like, well, what kind of books do you read? Cause those are the games you might want to play in. <laughs> so, you know, Jason really quickly, like, you know, you, you like cyberpunk and that's kind of, that's sci-fi. Do you consider sci-fi harder to run than fantasy or the reverse or neither? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. I think there's more story uh, expectation on in a sci-fi game mm. where a, a fantasy game can be just hack and slash. That doesn't sure. work as well, I think, in sci-fi, although we've done kind of just every all the players get high and go <laughs> fuck everything up on a space. <laughs> space what? station in in wandering what? stars never, so, never, I mean, never. why not both um <laughs> that's interesting but i i do think there's i i think from my perspective there there's more um expectation at least from the player perspective on on a sci-fi game yeah the plot i think is it plot plot the that's right that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe is, not story, but plot. And is that, and is it all Gygax's fault at the end of the day? Right. <laughs> he gave us, I think he gave it's Arneson's fault. Probably. Yeah. Well, he was Blackmore. Sure. Yeah. He gave us dungeons. He gave us like the crawl. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause or, what I'm not great at in, in really any of my games is like, I always want this kind of the, the, the kind of machinations and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not good at that for some reason. You mean like the factions behind the scenes? Yeah. 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 And strangely, I'm better at it in rules light games. Like the, like the sprawl, it was easier to do it in and dungeon world was easier to do it in. But like OSE, I've, I've, I, there's factions at play. I just don't know how to kind of get them into the, into the game. Interesting. Why wouldn't you use some of the mechanics from like a dungeon world faction, faction chapter or something? Just, what 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 would stop um, or what would stop or is it? Uh, I'm, I'll let you answer. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, I th- I, I think it's just because I'm running OSE, so it, I just kind of use what's in OSE because I'm lazy, frankly. But also, like, could it be like that the mechanics focus you on? You know, could it be that system yeah. matters that the mechanics focus you on <laughs> X, does. Y, and Z? And, and and frankly, OSE, I'm I'm in the in the Stonehell game specifically. I yeah. keep flirting with having stuff outside of the dungeon, but mm-hmm. the players all expressly, it, it, you know, showed yeah. interest in. We want to do a mega dungeon. You, you so you I, I don't know. I'm like dungeon. we, we have all this other shit going on around the town, and I need to stop worrying about that. We have a town yeah. to resupply in, and we have a mega dungeon. Yeah, and and I think looking at that from from the campaign perspective is is probably healthier. Although. Um... Uh, and you know, I'm giving you shit, or I'm giving myself shit, or I don't know, I'm giving us both shit. But like, you know, I sold the mega dungeon, and then I started my players out. I we didn't get to the first level of the mega dungeon until like episode thirteen. I yeah, think. yeah. So, um, well, you know, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was all good. And I have, so, I have stayed focused on OSE, and I'm really, despite my lack of 
playing it recently um, or running it recently. I'm I'm really enjoying what we're doing there. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, no. it's been oh, fulfilling. Yeah. It does what you want it to do. It does. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. yeah. And and that dungeon and you guys as players has just been fantastic. I'm so still, I, I kind I'm of stressed myself out with... I'm hurt right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I stressed myself <laughs> out with the town and, and then realized the ta- but the town is not the game. We're yeah. we're 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 playing Stonehill, so we can go resupply, we can tell some some quick stories, but we don't need side quests, we don't need all this stuff. It'll it'll be there if you guys want it, but yeah. um the focus is on resupplying and, and My letting character's you guys first tell name your story. is Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's random, but uh because uh I told Carl that it, it was his cousin. He's like, oh, you mean cousin Eddie? I'm like, sure. Eddie Kardashian. Nice. <laughs> so. so what's the yeah. topic? I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, 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 like I'm like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Let's well, start at the top of the outline. Okay, yeah. Let's roll it all back. Give roll. us your VTTs, VTTs and uh, oh, I, do they matter? <laughs> yeah, I missed a roll 20. Yeah, it probably yeah it would it was it was a good topic for us I think because we all felt the we all have feelings about BTTs and huge stories. I like roll twenty. It's easy. I know. I'm sure there's better stuff out there. I I probably need to get familiar with it. it. We yeah we went we went through all this. There are situations. You know, even Caleb, who's, you know the programmer who like like there are clearly situations where we would use roll twenty. Yeah, um, like I still use it, and I can technically write modules if I got the energy to in Foundry or something. Right, right. I mean, it's all like, yeah. How I hard is it to energy. set up? Yeah. <laughs> if this shit exists, fired. yeah. Can you can you still draw dicks on the map in Foundry? <laughs> yes, you <laughs> can. Right okay. module. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's still one of my favorite. I forgot what some gave were like, there's this location on the map and it must've been like the 15th time I had like had to point to where it was for the players. And I just like drew a giant dick just pointing at it. Like, yep. this is the spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> let me ask you, does anybody watch on Apple TV mythic questions? No, uh, no. It's, me, it's by one of the guys who did. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. And let me just go look on my, um, okay. My, <laughs> and the, my favorite download from Disney TV. TV. And, the premise is like he's like a genius game designer and it's him working on this MMO. But one of the things they have, one of the episodes is the time to dicks metric. <laughs> how long it takes the player base to figure out either how to draw a dick, build a dick. <laughs> I think that was Ty's, Ty's entrance into the role playing world of the guild, right? Because you yeah, didn't you use you, tabletop simulator, right? For yeah. uh, Cthulhu. Yeah, and I did, you know, of course, first session, I did, had done all these preps, this prep, and, like, I was getting all dramatic and taking myself too seriously, and, of course, all of a sudden, dicks on the table, all these dicks started appearing. <laughs> yeah, time to dicks. I, mean, t- t- I feel like we popped that shirt early. Yeah. yeah. disappointment yeah. was audible and, and made, me, made me smile. Children, 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 pay attention. Yep. Focus. What's it um, called again? It's, it's called Mythic Quest. Some of it's very good some of it's so so but i i appreciated the time to dicks i was like yeah yeah that's funny um, is it is it worth it's like the silicon valley uh is it job. worth my uh <laughs> bandwidth <laughs> uh have you ever watched it's always sunny in philadelphia no 
I so I would say yes because the episodes are like 25 minutes long. It's like a sitcom kind of length, so you mm-hmm. can go through them. Uh, but you know, it's not always the funniest thing you'll ever see. But it there's a couple of episodes where it really breaks form, and it's I was surprised how like actually good it was, even though it wasn't trying to be funny. Hmm. Um, okay. But, you know, but it is just trying to be like a comedy. It is just, you know, people shitting on each other and stuff. So I'm here for that. Cool. Yeah. Not literally Internet. <laughs> Simmer I'll get, down. You, I'll get see, you a link if you need it. But see, that was the a quest. correct use of the word literally. Right. <laughs> yeah. I literally use literally correctly. Once. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was incorrect. <laughs> right. Well, but you again, were right that you did use it was just once, only right, once, because the right. second time, ironically, while using literally used used it wrong. Right. Wow. Well, as, as I Coincidentally, like out, we live in a world where literally means figuratively, and we're all <laughs> it's all fucking stupid. <laughs> no, literally, like, well, yeah. I mean, for some people, literally means figuratively. For some people, literally just means very. As and as Kyle found out in the happy hour, um, <laughs> that annoys me even more. Right, because that's not even using it incorrectly the way Webster's Dictionary says it's okay to use it. Yeah, they're not. They're not like the people that use it exactly wrong are just. I can, you know, obviously you're, you're just not wrong. You're just, you're just right. dumb. Right. Yeah. Well, the dictionary says they're right now. That's what makes me so. I know. Angry. I know. I know. Fucking oh, really? Yeah. We, we gave up. France. Yeah, we just the, gave the, up. The dictionary yeah. now accepts. It does. Know. Yeah, because it's a fucking living language. We, you know, that's right. That's yeah. when the necrovirus takes over. That's the first thing. That's gonna change. <laughs> right. And and that's the thing. Just we need like, to codify this bullshit. That's right. For all my stupid bullshit, the thing that bothers me is begs the question. Which yeah. Is, yeah. It's, it it's doesn't mean one. it doesn't yeah. mean it makes you have to ask. It means it's a logical fallacy, but it's gotten to the point where now it means it makes you ask or makes you wonder. Yeah. And there's uh, so much. There's so much. Yeah, like, oh, it, I mean, they're kind of markers now, too. It's like, you know, every time I hear someone type out an M-U-T-E point, I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Nailed you. Gotcha in one. <laughs> yeah. You get you get a role in Discord. Yeah, that's in right. my brain. That's right. I could probably Anything. put this energy towards helping people, but I won't. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> no. no, this was a really good roundtable. Um, I mean, I, it was run shittily, but um, it was a good roundtable. <laughs> to, be, to be expected. <laughs> what other genres yeah, had, were you guys talking about? I learned from the best. Uh, we were we talking talked... a lot about space. The addendum was, because R- Rex was saying why yeah, why, why running why is, any space RPG is wrong. Why, why is he railing against space? I think he's just fucking. I, I think he's shit. just trying to trigger me, which you know he was oh. successful at, so it's fine. So the addendum was why we don't need to get the doll out. Yeah, no. and but he the, mentioned that space stuff in the M Space channel, which I th- you know just because it's it might be the only space game going right now, so maybe that was part right. of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but but now I and now I found out things about art that you know I'll never never be the same. You know yeah, I understand yeah. his alien thing and wow what a racist I tell you. Yeah, you thought poorly of me before, but now it's yeah. even <laughs> just wait. Yeah. I, I think where you're coming from, Art. I don't, I'm not fully anti-alien, but oh my god, besides so it's kind of less so that kind of stuff. Alien lives wow. matter, motherfuckers. I'm, yeah, I'm making a shirt. Hey, 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 I'm going to. Uh, we should we should sell Pete's t-shirt store over here. <laughs> <laughs> making, making notes for my mothership campaign that will never start, but might start one day. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't well, that, invited. 
that was one of the things that jumped out at me like when I was watching Firefly. I was like, oh, let me go check out Firefly. And it's, you know, it's a little cheesy and the Western stuff, you know, is yeah. whatever. But all of a sudden, like, but down. then I started watching there and I'm like, oh, there's no aliens. Oh my yeah. God. Like this is the first sci-fi I've seen. And I don't know how long where, and then they have the Reavers and then I'm like, oh, well, let's see what, oh, those, that's they're explained. just people. They're drugged out people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, huh, that was refreshing. Spoiler even, alert, internet. Right. And even the expanse, <laughs> you know, the proto molecule stuff is there, but I feel like that's like tantalum, right? You need the little thing. Oh my God. To tantalum. be the MacGuffin. Oh my God. <sighs> tantalum bugs me. Tantalum's not real, right? Just so I. <laughs> that's right. It's not. <laughs> that's what just I So like if I say I'm going to come over to your house and stab you with a tantalum shiv, you don't have to worry because it's not a real element. So uh, there's no way I could actually do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, for, yeah, for me, it, w- it was proving to be just the MacGuffin for M space. Yeah. Um, I think it is a, I think it, uh, we may not actually put it in our chips anymore because I think it's a conflict uh, metal. Honestly. Okay, sorry. I just, I was just elucidating the countries where tantalum is found uh, Uh are not great places. Blood tantalum. The hard part about sci-fi. You said it's in Ohio? Yeah, they got tension in all, Ohio. Now, I can connect that on my board. It all makes sense. Now I know Sorry. why Intel is building in Ohio. I'm oh, fucking dumb. How much are you guys are fucking... Is tantalum real or is it fake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real metal. Tantalum is real. There is... Right now, there is tantalum in that fucking chip on your desk or wherever it is. Yes. So we we use they... tantalum in semiconductor processing. I Wait, don't know. Why? That's why I wasn't shitting you when I said, why didn't they make up an element name rather than one than using a real one? Like unobtainium. Yeah, right. And and As because I'm master, so... I can tell you, they hopped on the internet, googled list of metals, <laughs> and scrolled cool. down and picked one they yeah. hadn't heard of before. <laughs> oh, see, that's so dumb, because I thought it was made up. Oh. I was telling you it wasn't. I like, wasn't you can listening. Google it, no. dude. Art, you've just, been in writers' rooms. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just googled it. I'm like, you oh my can God. buy, you can buy a wedding band made of tantalum for fuck's sake. Why would they mm. pick an element that you know the properties of that isn't going to give you? Because they're like, stupid. It's the same reason that, like, because they're probably others. not science majors. Yeah, they just ruined. Maybe some they're political life. science majors. Parsec. Yeah. Oh, how dare you? Yeah, parsec. Yeah. <laughs> If we use the hope is like the thing is like we're gonna use this thing that's scientific incorrectly and it's gonna be on a very popular TV show. Congratulations, yeah, scientists. A lot no of one will ever understand that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll watch. God, we'll maybe I wall. maybe I read it wrong. Maybe it's on me somehow. I I'm I'm willing to go with that. But anyway, Jason, <laughs> we uh Caleb did his whole intro story and then we like sidetracked uh, it was a great sidetrack for like an hour talking about uh various settings and why Caleb hates cyberpunk. No, well, no, we decided he doesn't hate cyberpunk. He just hates the like the one size fits all cyberpunk trying to do his favorite types of cyberpunk. So, yeah, so So it was like one of the things you like about it. It's probably not something I grok to where you like you're talking about the style or a substance. Yeah, that's how I live my life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the the neon lights like cyberpunk thing. I'm just like, "Mm." yeah, that makes sense. But like the other half of it, like the corporate anxieties or what is like because Blade Runner and Ghost of the Shell are probably like, that's my two yeah. rails. 
I mean, they definitely have the high tech, low life thing going on, right? Where right. The common like man that. is, you know, there's a lot of tech available, but it's not really used being used to help me in any real way. It's kind of yeah. being used to. Because you have people, it's like, I can put a hard drive in my brain and like store different memories and back up into a new the body. But there's also a guy sleeping in a trash can five feet away. Like, <laughs> Feels right. Yeah. And, 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 while well, Blade Runner is is my favorite movie, it's still style over substance. Like, there's not a lot. There's not a lot there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's about atmosphere and right cool quotes yeah. and and boobs and mm. yeah. And transparent it's raining raincoats. all the time. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I mean, it's not that movie without that environment. Yeah. So, if you don't mind me asking, what do you guys think about the sequel, which tries to add substance to the style? I like it. Um, I mean, it's not as good as the Tron sequel. Um. <laughs> All right, guys, I gotta go to bed. I hear. <laughs> I gotta. Um. <laughs> I actually, I don't mind the tr- Tron s- sequel. You saying it's better than Tron is is what upsets me. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> um, I just I, yeah, I, I have trouble getting over the 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 70s-ness of the original Tron. So I, good. I it's understand so what it was, and I remember being enthralled with it. But like when I watch it again, I'm like, "Oh, don't give up that joy." It's, it's great. Seventy stuff, so good. Right. I, I mean, I, I, all I gotta say is the original movie didn't have Olivia Wilde in form-fitting uh, mm. outfits, so uh, or know. Daft Punk to be fair. or Daft Punk. Yeah, that's which, the thing about Tron, like, too, like yeah. Daft mm-hmm. Punk all day. That was like I, like uh, Target had a special edition of that fucking album, and I like bought it and like pick up in store, and I like I drove, I like left work in half an hour and went and got it. And my wife's like, "What are you doing? I'm going to pick up something I just bought." <laughs> I, I have Tron. I have Tron for twenty forty. Is... It's very good. Yeah. yeah. For twenty forty nine, I there there I I do love that movie. Um, I also I really like it's... Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I didn't rewatch uh, it. I remember like not disliking it, but also like it did that thing where I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know. Now, here's the question. Would <laughs> if, if like you had to do a Blade Runner rewatch, would you watch the first movie and then 2049? Or would you watch 2049 and then the first movie? Or would you just watch one and not the other? I would have to watch 2049 first because the way I am, if I watched Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner first, I would start 2049 and be like, I'm not going to. This. <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Deckard is not a rep. Yeah, like, yeah. just now. I mean, the Blade Runner, like that original movie, like they didn't like for the time. They did an amazing job with that, the style, right? Sure. It's just amazing how they pulled that off. I think what Blade Runner does really good to me is like the uh, I, f- I don't know what they call that thing, but like. Where like Japanese Japan was making everything, like the cars, the computers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they had like it relayed that anxiety. Yeah. The Western anxiety for that. And like which do you even I mean, does landed. that that resonates with you? I'm surprised like because you were born late 80s, probably, right? Oh yeah. Like well, but, like I said by joking. I mean, but by the nineties, the Japan the Japanese economy was like completely in stasis, right? But yeah, is it did it get transmitted to you from your parents or something? I'm just curious because I feel that, but that fear was still in the zeitgeist. Oh yeah, that's, yeah it, it's uh, still there. It's just Chinese now. Fuck you and your zeitgeist. I love you. 
<laughs> and and they they did capture that too, right? Because they're they're speaking Chinese. Yeah, like it's, it's not a, it's not just the the Japanese. I think that's culture. A, it's also true, the Chinese true, language. True, true. Yeah. Cyberpunk is really does a really good job when it like shows that like Eastern culture corporate zeitgeist, I guess, like that anxiety in the way it does it stylize. Mm-hmm. And nothing is stu- still nothing has stuck the landing as well as Blade Runner stuck the landing. Yeah, to me. Yeah, with that, and and staying fairly unproblematic. Like even like most of the recent. Oh, it's stuff never offensive. Pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty. And pretty rough. Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah. That's like it's just on uh, Netflix is is. Oh, I'm like, mute. mute? No, I haven't. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's, go seeking out cyberpunk stuff as well. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. well. I mean, if there was a Cybertrunk K drama, I'd, I'd be all over. <laughs> Ooh, I was pursuing. Hey, a wait a minute! I've got a pitch idea. Where's Hollywood? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just need to go on the record really quickly. Uh, this is going to probably be a surprise to no one. The tantalum misunderstanding might you? be. Might be me trying to merge M space and 2300 on the fly. Uh huh. Nice. So that yep. was probably my. So when I'm looking at it, 2300 now, it doesn't say that tantalum is this rare material that's brand. It just says that they sort of don't explain how they get from A to B. They just say that the tantalum was key in that okay. jump. It's not that yeah. the discovery of the unknown tantalum. So that was my fault because okay. I was trying to merge m space and 2300 on the fly it's fine i mean you're 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 a social science major so i <laughs> my, i just always need to reset my expectations it's fine lower yeah yeah lower 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 nope High tech low prep. Exactly. there you go it's like uh the cyberpunk of gms that's right so i'll i'll correct that when we style over <laughs> facts I'll correct that when we start up M space again. I'll tweak that somehow. No, I it's was, fine. It doesn't. You think it? I, I, still I mean, over it facts. It doesn't bug me. I'll just switch it back to the name that M space uses, which was the made up element. Okay, that's fine. Just call the it an thing. opinion. Oh, no, oh, man. Yeah, you're gonna retcon it. Chrome yeah. Tidium. And we were talking, and we were talking about realistic space <laughs> physics too, because we went down this tantalum path. I mean, the f- the funny thing is that like realistic space combat is pretty fucking boring. So, right. Uh, I mean, the whole and that's why like I was going to open up a thing where I said if you like Star Wars space combat because uh, you know or Battlestar Galactica like all that bullshit is bullshit. Although sometimes Battlestar Galactica like they would turn around and fire their thrusters. And I was about to say they would throw in a like a every once in a while, but then they would still do like bank turns. Like what what are you banking right. against there, buddy? <laughs> right. And I think that's why a lot of people like Babylon Five is because it tried to get the physics. Yeah, yeah. Close. Have you ever read Lost Lost Fleet? So good. Ever it is, watched it Legend of the Galactic Heroes? Oh, I started uh, yeah. B mode was talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And great. I've never watched it. Yeah. It's if you're into, like, like naval. How stuff much romance and... is in it, man? Oh yeah, yeah. I have seen that. I don't know if there's there's not much romance. It's, romance. I mean, there, there is there's nice. romance to the S tier. That's the one thing that is there. <laughs> Like you kind of feel like the space cap is just like just make out with each other. Good God! Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, UST baby. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did just watch uh, Mob Psycho with my son, and there's uh, there's kind of an underlying like he has a crush on this girl thing going on, but it never materializes. But that was you know that's a comedy. It was pretty funny. 
That's the best thing I have. My buddy's been like asking me for anime recommendations for his daughter. And he's like, and I was like, what kind of safety desk are you wanting to play in place? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, is it cool to see her see boys kiss boys? Because there are some out there. (laughs) There's a lot of girls. Yeah. The the BL genre is big among girls. So it's like, he's like, oh my God. And I was like, welcome. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah, You, you asked. There are, I mean, I have like, because I, I recommended shit for Matt Allen's daughter too. There are, there's shit out there that's safe. Oh, that's, there's anime for everything. It's hilarious. There's nothing yeah, wrong with boys is. kissing boys. There yeah, isn't. Like... Well, but, you know, some people don't want to see it and that's fine. I, I, I don't go out of my way, but, you know, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> exactly. That's how I live my life. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. I mean, what what happens after midnight in Dallas, you know, who knows? That's right. <laughs> there was dominoes and there was there was there was corks and boobs. That's right. That's right. Tequila, tequila corks in, in cleavage. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. But yeah, I yeah, I if you want like. I've got like because I watch like the the stupid uh, girl anime, so I've got some recommendations. Hmm. I'll sell it too hard. <laughs> stupid girl anime. Oh, I love it! I love it. Yeah, and it. I mean, especially if you like if you if she likes comedy stuff, it's like there's a lot of good stuff out there. I imagine you. Yeah. But yeah, you do have to be like, yeah, you have to be careful because then there's a lot of stuff that goes, you know, down the tropes and like, yeah, not, I wouldn't, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't, I don't want. Yeah, that's what I was just like. (laughs) Like, uh, my love story is a great one. Um, uh, Absolutely zero, like, weird, like, yeah, oh, so, oh my God, my love story. I'd recommend everyone watch that, by the way. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. This is something yeah. I will send that way. I've seen yeah. this. Uh, Orin High School ha- like has a little, it's the reverse harem. Um, but just like, just slapstick, crazy crap. Uh, Love is War is another good one. Just from a comedy standpoint. Any uh, RPG connection we can... Uh, uh, can Tenrabashi Zero, Doc? Which one? Tenrobachi Zero. Tenrobachi. That sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Uh, this is an RPG that is very anime. Tenor, uh, I'll put it in chat. Okay. Zero. I'll put it in the chat. I mean, I'm looking right now on my desk. I've got Shinobi Gami. And uh, there's a guy on RPGG who um, just did a, like, they do this thing where they're like, read a rule book and like post what they think about every chapter and shit. It's kind of weird, but um, it is good for like figuring out oh, what's there, figuring out like whether I'd like uh, that would be one like that would do more kind of like traditional boy fighting anime that might it's got some really interesting mechanics. And the rule book is like it's a conversation of like these people coming together to play this game. So it's all like a long exposition of like what they do to play this game. It's very fascinating. But anyway. We've been out. We've been out. We've been <laughs> out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you, uh, t- sorry, uh, Ty, you were asking RPG connections with like that games that would play those type anime. Well, ostensibly, we're still a RPG podcast. So I thought we. In conclusion, okay. role play. Oh no! To tie it back to RPGs, uh, our new uh, um, one of our new guild members actually was the author of a. 
um, what's it called? Heart Quest, which is a uh, RPG system for playing uh, shoju manga, which is what. Yeah. Although the ones I quoted are really not shoju, they're kind of I don't even know what category they're. They're just you know about I don't. They're know, comedies. This is still getting made. Let me see if Girl by Moonlight is still happening. Girl by Moonlight. I don't know that one. It's going to be a blade system done by Evil Hat. Girl by Moonlight. Mm, now I'm interested. Linking as well. I played a playtest of it because we had it. It's like it does the Blades of the Dark thing where it's like here's a like a genre mm-hmm. system and you can fill in all the details. So if you want to do like a magical girls game, you can. But if you want to do an Evangelion game, you can. Is it Moonlight Blade? No, that's a here we go. That's a computer game. It's Blades good. of Moonlight. No. Uh, I just, just drop it into the RPG talk. Yeah. Oh, Girl by Moonlight. Okay. Girl oh, by Moonlight. Oh, maybe the maybe the infusion talking. <laughs> Oh, I was interested because he was trying to one of the subjects. Is it fake? To... If it's evil hat? No, nah, it's powered by the Blaze in the Dark system. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Forged in the Dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forged in the Dark. Nice. But Ooh. the fact that evil hat's just doing it as makes me more confident. If it was a Kickstarter, I would not have. It's it. Magical Girls. Um, yeah. It's magical yeah. Girls. But it's cool because one of the subsets is like Persona style, like that whole theme. Yeah. I mean, that, I and you know, cool. Oddity High was very persona based, um, at least, the, you know, he listed that in all his inspirations, uh, which, you know, we were playing like alpha. He called them beta rules, but they were really like alpha rules. Um, and I was telling him, Jason, I didn't think, you know, I wasn't you know, a super fan of those rules. So I was kind of looking around for what system to use next. We made but, it work. Yeah. We, oh, I, well, my the. Yeah, the, the the TLDR was like, you know, like I told you guys, the, the players made it work. I just showed up to listen to what was going to happen in the uh, in my anime episode that evening. So. <laughs> it was, it was I, I honestly like that was I got to run that again just because I mean, I mean, sometimes when I'm running a s- system like there's a little bit of dread. Like, am I going to get the prep done in time? You know, will I be ready? Mm-hmm. You know, they never had any like. I mean, I, I would do, I would think about like factions and stuff, and I kind of worried of like, yeah, you know, my main worry was I wasn't doing enough work to justify all the shit you guys were doing. But I'm like, every time a session was coming up, I was like, ah, fuck that, I'm gonna see what they do tonight. Oh, I've yeah. got these, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got three wrenches, and I'm gonna throw them one after another. And here's then, the opening see, scene. Go. Yeah, go. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, if you guys haven't, I mean, I don't know how well it came across on the recordings, but uh, I just love that so much. So good. Yeah, makes me think about Jesse. What's Jesse up to? He was in he was in M Space. So we just, yeah we just yeah, talked about good. Our game. Is, yeah. he, is he doing yeah. okay? He's doing it's good. Ended. He was talking yeah. about you know his new job seems to be going well. So mm-hmm. yeah, good. It's good, good, good. Yeah, do you guys listen to a lot of other quote unquote shows or whatever? Do you guys listen to many of the like other RPGs? I'm not in on the Cabal, for example. Yeah, or yeah, non Cabal RPGs. No, no, I meant on the Cabal. Try to like uh, I do. I, yeah. I wanted to get through like I really had. I listened to a bunch of the Dungeon World ones with Ty mm-hmm. and Pete and Jason running, and uh, I was really enjoying those. And then I don't know. I like lose the thread, and you know I get right. distracted. And the nice thing about the main podcast is like 
Oh, yeah, it's an episode. You just listen to it and then like, yeah, okay, I got to remember what the fuck's going on. I mean, and there's recaps and stuff, but it's like, oh, which episode right. was I on? I don't remember. What would help if, if people would end stuff and then you can just binge it? Yeah, yeah. I've that listened to the help. Comrades episodes and I listened to the Dark Mage Redder that Dave ran. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I can't think. I think I, tried to, listen, I tried to listen to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that hurts me a lot. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, um, that good. I tried to listen to uh, Follow Delta Green sixty one, mm. and I just couldn't get. Like, I think it was great. I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Of course, you know, I'm in fifty percent of them, so that makes it. I was about to say harder. you're you're in most of them. Yeah, yeah, not most. Well, I don't know. Maybe not most, but Ty, do you listen to any of them, or are you like, nah? Nah, I, you know, they end up being, you know, handful of hours long and I can't, I can't have it on in the background and listen. And then I just can't sit still. And who drives anywhere anymore, right? I don't have a commute anymore. If I had a commute, probably I would have. It's a good point. Like since I stopped commuting for work, even before the pandemic, my podcast listening really. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I can't, I I can't listen to any podcast while I'm working, quote unquote, working. Right. Yeah. The two I have, I just looked at my like playlist curator. The two I also have saved that I haven't gotten to listen to yet are Danceville and Tom's Town. Nice. So. Uh, the first one's kind of yeah. <laughs> Tom's Town. I've had fun listening to. Yeah. I heard a guy ruined it, but oh no, that was another Call of Cthulhu one. That was a <laughs> yeah. one shot. Now, whoever fucked up Days Vault, I think, fucked up the Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> who is that guy i don't know i will listen to recent episodes if i've missed some sessions like i missed a couple right, sessions right. Of, of white rock oh yeah yeah that doesn't i, went back and I don't think that was the question like stuff you're not in i think right yeah yeah i almost always try and listen to the last episode of something i'm in like i'm currently listening to the mutant year zero just to get a refresher no oh, you fucking you fucking no, you, tell me what happened <laughs> um <laughs> no i wrote it down don't worry yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought about uh, the Greyhawk one. I mean, we're not. I'm impressed that both of you are this far. Like, I mean, even if if I was GMing Mutineer Zero, I'd be wrapping up the listen on like Sunday morning. So I don't. You guys are like (laughs) way far ahead. Well, for me, it's just because it takes me. Like, I listen to a lot of them, but that's just because I listen to like 30 minute chunks at a time while I'm like unloading the dishwasher or going to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, Um, and and I've canceled some that session so many times that. I think I've prepped three times for it, so yeah, I'm always checking up on it. Yeah, yeah, because I constantly have like, like podcasts of some kind going. Just to... yeah, when I'm doing, yeah, and you're stuff. and the, while you're working, are you coding and listening to a podcast? Uh, when I'm coding, not as much. That's more music okay. time. That's, yeah, I can't. If I'm doing data entry or like audits and stuff i can listen to i guess yeah if it was data entry i could yeah because it's like i'm just like but my i i'm one of those folks i think my brain's just like constantly like screaming at 800 things so it's just like it drives my partner crazy because she'll say something to me and if i'm doing something else it's just like no response (laughs) from me and she's like how do you do that i was like it's a curse yeah all right what do you say guys yeah i think yeah Sounds good. I think we did it. I think uh, I think this is a, was a really <laughs> it was a really yeah. fucking awesome session. I gotta say, I think we, yeah, we solved game mastering. 
We did it. <laughs> Congratulations, gentlemen. Go team. We'll have to Working save uh, how many times Rex is wrong for another another episode. Well, that I yeah, mean, we've got some tabulations. We've got some, you know, obviously the space thing. He's wrong. I mean, that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, he's. I gotta say, he's right a lot of the time. Um, yeah, but yeah. he's clearly wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's so, tell him when tomorrow. he says. And we decided when he says systems matter, we'll just respond with all things matter, right? Because that's that's the great, that's the that's the coup de grace of that. You know, it just completely obliterates that argument. Yes, they do. Yes, it does. And so does everything else. That's right. Uh, I just triggered myself. Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm twitching over here. I know, I know you are, but I, I'm just just to be fair, I triggered myself with that, so, which I can do. I'm self-servicing. We covered that at the beginning. All right, boys. Well, Ty, right. good job. Despite yeah. shit giving. Despite all that, yeah. Okay. Thanks for letting it crash, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, you're always welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And Caleb, welcome. Yeah. Caleb, yeah. Welcome in the club. Yeah. Awesome. He's probably got regrets now, but yeah, yeah it's you never know. no regrets. Keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, nice. Ty. Do you? Or, yeah. Well, uh, let's. Who's going to process the, the audio? Uh, I'll do it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab it, it here and uh, something together. Oh, Some and do we, music do we need to do a sign-off? Yeah, oh, yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna put on there? Oh, for like a an intro. Uh, outro. What's it? Mm. Yeah, intro outro. Baby, baby, by Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even. <laughs> oh, Topo Tuco just came out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, 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 baby. Sure, wow. it's in. <laughs> Consider it done. Off the album Hearts in Motion. Just <laughs> off the top of his dome. He just knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he Googled it. I'm sure he doesn't just send me the MP3. Googling it right now because I'm not 100% sure. Well, you could also, you could Daft Punk, you could do some Daft Punk stuff from their Tron album. Some, oh, Jesus. What's the Blade Runner composer? Vangelis. Oh, Vangelis. Vangelis, yeah. Or mm-hmm. yeah. do you mean Hans Zimmer? All I could think of was Evangelion. <laughs> Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, the, the composer, Evangelion. Yeah, <laughs> Get on the fucking his synthesizer. Name, his me. name's Evan Evangelion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mental image of this guy already. Why is he wearing an ascot? <laughs> Get in the fucking robot, robot Evan. All right, all right. I got some ideas. All right, boys. All right. right. Thanks again. Have a good weekend. Good night.